I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Moser. I'm Amory. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast that talks about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And we are back with another feedback episode, joined, as you heard, uh, by our guest, Amory. Amory? Am I, am I saying your name wrong? Am I butchering your name in the first five seconds of this podcast? Amory? Amory? I, I left my username as Gamery for a long time for two reasons. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that no. is Gamer Pride, and there that is a that is a uh, useful mnemonic. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. L- long A, but that's okay. I no, no. I I, I I just have been saying it wrong for probably the last four years, including multiple times in the podcast. So, uh, Chris, you want to take over here? or Anything you want to? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wanna jump um, in? thanks for co- thanks for thanks for uh, coming to the podcast. You're always a delight in the Discord, so we're excited to talk to you about season fourteen of Supernatural. Oh, that's okay. Thank you. Um, now, I guess, I guess, um, I don't know if you want to get right into it, Jeremy, but one of the first things that we always ask people is, how the hell did you get here? What happened? <laughs> Go. No, how did you get into Supernatural? What led you to guesting on a uh, season 14 podcast episode um, of, of Monster of the Week? Jer- Jeremy, maybe you could drop a marker, because we might have to come back and record a lie. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> this is marker this dropped. This is a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot for everyone. Actually, um, this is a this is lame. Um, but supernatural boy. Okay, so in 2019, as recent mm. as that, Jeremy Greer drops episode one oh, of a very oh. funny April Fool's joke, a podcast reviewing emojis. <laughs> I hear you cry. There are so many emojis. Very silly. And I thought the exact same. Um, but I listened to it and I was like, I really like this. This is a fun energy. What a fun joke. And kind of put it out of my mind because obviously you couldn't review all of the emojis. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up trying to listen to Monster of the Week after like longing for the vibe of Thinking Face and didn't have a clue what any of it was. I was like, who are the hunks? Can't even hear one of these guys. This doesn't make any sense. This is no fun. Um, and at that point, the reasonable move would just be to say, this isn't for me. Not everything's for everyone. But I had a lot of free time and, like, bad decision-making mm. and started watching Supernatural with the sole intention of getting getting more of those those jokes, getting the bits <laughs> that I craved. Um, and, like, just fell into Supernatural. I think I was, like, I was, I was in between jobs where I was working part-time. So I was watching an unreasonable amount of Supernatural every day and, like, quickly caught up to the podcast. Um, while Thinking Face quietly quietly went on in the background um, <laughs> without ever accounting for the fact that I'd, I'd spent like upwards of 300 hours at that point watching TV to listen to a podcast to make wow. jokes make sense. Wow. So strange move, mostly emoji related, but that, I, uh, um, I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea that our vibes could could make anyone watch supernatural and i'm so i feel so flattered yeah this is this is much better yeah. energy than people watching supernatural and then finding us i like this i like this much better like we people can... are people are usually like i watched all of supernatural it ended and I, my life spiraled into depression <laughs> I, needed, I needed something to hang on to and i'm glad that we've been there for those people but um yeah i'm that that's that's i actually yeah. had no idea that that's that's what happened oh. thinking phase, be, huh? i was I'm not in a good like I was not in a good place when I decided to watch that much television to listen to a podcast. I is wouldn't anyone, say it was a depression-free I mean, influence. Yeah, we, we weren't in particularly great places when we started it, and it's gotten significantly worse so, over the years. I'm curious, though. You mentioned that I should drop a marker in case we have to come back and tell the lie. What What is the lie, just in case I need to edit this and put it back at the beginning? What would be the lie oh, that, that you got to say? A heartwarming lie. 
um, the one of the big supernatural conventions is in Wales, so I'd probably just be like, oh, I was there hanging out, met Mark <laughs> Shepard, or I, I met Jared or something, and they were chill. It was fun. They were like, you should see my show. Like, you oh. should have just come on and said that you were like, you know, Mark Shepard's nephew or something. And Would have believed you. Would have believed you. You've got that yeah, delightful I mean, accent, which I know is uh, the same as it always has been. Of, of course. <laughs> What was it like, uh, like just binging that much Supernatural? Like, were you able to like main like hold on to any context, or was it just like episode after episode? What who knows what's happening? It's all a blur. Um, I, it was the first time I'd been to watch a TV show because I don't really watch a lot of TV. I have a very poor attention span for it. <laughs> oh my God, so, Amory, the story is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't watch a lot listen, of TV either. Look at me now. <laughs> dropped a marker for a reason. Um, yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV, but then I just got like, I find it the, it's kind of like three separate eras. They're very easy to follow. I think one to five makes a lot of sense and six to 11 makes a lot of sense as like an era. Mm. So I got kind of like took a break between them, but, um, I didn't find it difficult to follow. I think especially in the later seasons, they get good at kind of following on one from another uh, with their like different scales of storytelling from like, yeah episode to season to overarching story well it's really interesting um it feels like we've never stopped watching supernatural in many ways um but it's been a very very long time and we've probably said this a bunch of times since i think either one of us has really like really binged it jeremy unless when you're editing the um the videos for each season unless you end up binging episodes it's been one a week for what two or three years now since we switched over to one episode a week mm-hmm. um so I, I do kind of miss just like mainlining Supernatural, which I used to do constantly. Um, I, you know, don't quote me on this, but I feel like I'm going to like desperately need to like binge Supernatural again when we're actually finished with the podcast and have some distance from it. I'll be curious because, um, it, and, and to answer, no, I do not binge the episodes when I'm doing the videos because I'm, I'm always skipping through them at like five to seven second increments. So it's yeah. a terrible way to watch something. Um, but like I the, the the closest I've gotten to it recently is finishing the penultimate episode of season 14 and then wanting to watch the finale, not being able to watch the finale because we hadn't recorded the episode yet. And then finally getting to watch the finale and then be just dying to watch the premiere of season 15, but not being able to because we have not recorded this episode yet. We still haven't recorded on the season 15 premiere yet. Um, so I don't. I kind of have a feeling that like you and I are going to get into a thing depending on season how the way that season 15 unfolds like you and I will get into a thing where we are like let's record two episodes a week <laughs> just yeah, not this yeah. shit out. like we because we're just going to want to know what happens like once we start the ending we're going to want to get to the ending so fast I don't know Yeah I'm uh, I'm I'm I guess very excited to see how this is going to unfold uh it feels weird to be talking about season 14 now because i mean in so many ways it's like it feels like it was all a blur like the first half of season 14 could have been part of season 13 could have been part of season 12 but these the last half of this season has now finally felt like oh shit we're going into the end of supernatural like it has kicked up to that level and it kind of changes like the context with which we're watching the show Emery, did you did you catch up with the show like did you catch up with season 15 or did you were you able to binge everything um, I, I, I think when I started having to watch week to week, it might have been during season 14 when okay. I was forced to slow down a bit. Um, it, it serves, I, some of it serves slowing down better than others. I think the like cozy, comfy seasons, like the 
I which I realize that's a bit of a that's a strong opinion to assume you'd be on board with. <laughs> by which I mean like six, seven, eight, that kind of weird period where they were finding their footing with mm-hmm. the new style. Um, they really serve binge watching. I think they're really easy to go through. But some of the later seasons, I do think benefit from slowing down a little bit. They're trying harder to focus on character stuff a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might have been fourteen that I started watching slowly. Is wow. is that the reason you wanted to guest on this episode? I remember uh, I wanted to get you on the podcast uh, because you've been such a delight on the Discord, and I think I had offered at the time like season thirteen and fourteen was open, and you were like season fourteen is the way to go. Like was that was was that the reason, or is, do you have a special affection for season fourteen? Um, I don't. I wouldn't say affection, but it, it puzzles me the most because I think it's one of the darker seasons, and usually I'm not drawn to that. I don't generally go for dark. Need outside of horror literature, I guess, which is pretty dark. But in TV and, and movies and stuff, I'm not drawn to dark things. But there's something about season 14 that feels quite unpleasant in a way mm. that I find stuck in my memory more than other seasons. There's a lot of the um, stuff that happens in season 14 that's like mean and kind of nasty and yeah. kind of unpleasant. Um, and I, I'm surprised that I like it because I, I don't usually go in for that, but it's stuck in my mind a lot. I think that brings us to what's going to be the hot topic of the episode uh, mm-hmm. as something that is mean and nasty in season 14 uh, is just Dean Winchester. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have gotten enormous amount of feedback for season 14, uh, more than we've ever gotten before. And a lot of it concerns uh, Dean's behavior over the course of the season, um, which I don't, you know, and as me and Chris talked throughout the podcast um i expressed some you know uncomfortableness with the way that he was acting some some disappointment um some of it comes down to to writing and characterization and things like that like I, you know it's it's difficult for to maintain consistent characters throughout a tv show when you have a bunch of different writers with an obvious bunch of different agendas right um but i think overall like you leave the end of season 14 like god man that that dude's kind of a dick Um, and and you can justify, I think a lot of his reasoning to, for being a dick, like a a lot of it, he was possessed by Michael. Some of it, he had, you know, lost somebody close to him. Uh, some of it, you know, was reacting to things that are going on around him that he can't control, which I think his reaction to that as a character is, is usually anger and, and lashing out. Um, but it makes season 14, I think a pretty difficult watch, um, for me personally. Like, I think if I go back and rewatch this series, um, which will be years from now. <laughs> I don't think I will have it in me. Once we finish it, I don't know that I'll have it in me <laughs> to go back and, and, and get through all of them again. But uh, like, even knowing that like the, the finale of season 14 kind of points to a bit of a redemption for this, and who knows what's in store for season 15, because I haven't really been spoiled on a lot of stuff. Um, it's just really difficult to watch, because Dean's one of my favorite characters. You start to see this like growth, personal growth in him, starting in like the season 11, and you, you pick up stuff on season 12 and 13 and then you get to 14 and you're like, oh man, this dude has just been, he's just been a, a lot. Like he's like the, mm-hmm. he's like the cousin that you don't want to show up at the, at the family reunion. He's like, oh man, he's just going to talk about all of his problems and bring the whole thing down. Like he was, he doesn't want to play badminton at all. He just wants to talk about the time that he got ran over by a truck and took a bunch of drugs. Like this dude sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Chris, Amory, I, I want to make sure, I want to ask both of you, like, kind of how you came out at the other end of season fourteen, and what your feelings in general are on, on Dean Winchester. It, um, yeah, I, I think I, I voiced my opinion on it a lot as we were going through season fourteen, uh, and the way you, it, it is kind of just like it is uncomfortable sometimes to see him 
acting in a way that isn't certainly not evil. It's certainly not like outright uh, shitty sometimes. Uh, it's but it's just kind of like it feels like uncomfortable. It's like you love your dad, but he just came home and he's he's screaming at you and and it's making you feel uncomfortable. You know, something like that. It uh, it's just Sam in a way like seems like he his character became this weird just reactionary i mean this isn't exactly a new thing but a lot of sam is reacting to what's going on with dean um and dean just keeps getting more and more hyped up and then there'll be like a random episode where he's like back to being dean winchester who is heroic and 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 manages things and um is able to save the day and have a good time and care about his family and all that and then it goes back to this jack stuff and i kept going back to season four because in season four we have a pretty you know sharp break with the brothers where Sam thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's in the right, but he's clearly doing the wrong thing. Like it's bad for everybody. Um, and and on that season, like you want to watch what's going to happen. I'm doing a very bad job of speaking right now. <laughs> you want to see what's going to happen. You want Sam to come to his senses and figure out what's going on. Like Sam never. I mean, he betrays Dean. He does certain things, but like it. it, it to me always like heightened the drama where you're like how is dean gonna pull him out of this how is sam ever gonna come to his senses when is he gonna see that you know ruby is manipulating him whatever whereas season 14 as we build up with this jack stuff especially over the last couple episodes um where everybody where castiel and sam want to work together to try and save jack and try and fix him and dean goes the other way and i see that as a similar break like we saw in season four except this time it's not as dramatic as drinking demon blood and breaking seals and blah 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 whatever um it's just like he has a different opinion and he's really angry at everybody and he yells at Cass a lot he's really mean to Cass. <laughs> um and so it was kind of hard to like figure out how to i don't know like interpret that like is this where his character is at right now is this supposed to be driving tension between everybody or is it just dean wants to kill jack and that's kind of what the show is going to do i i'm never totally sure with that amory do you have thoughts yeah that was in, i was going to bring up season four as well because the tone of season 14 that gives me that feeling of like this is kind of grittier than supernatural has ever been um reminds me of like how much i enjoy sam Tuning to the dark side, there's something deliciously evil about it. It's so mm-hmm. big and excised. Um, but see, and actually, even in season ten with Dean and the Mark of Cain, that felt big and um, I almost said that felt supernatural. Before realizing that would be confusing. <laughs> that feels like lowercase s supernatural. Yeah, in a way that I I enjoy. And this time, it's just kind of got these unpleasant abuse connotations that feel nastier and more unpleasant. Like mm-hmm. I could. I could really do with that every scene where Sam flinches. I don't get what that is about. Like, I, I would flinch if someone threw a chair a hundred times out of a hundred, but it's so, it's borrowing the language of, like, physical abuse so strongly that it really kind of takes me out of it. Um, I struggle to picture where they were going with, uh, well, I did when I was first watching season 14, um, really struggle to picture where they were going with Dean. Like, is this going to be the same, is there going to kind of echo back to, season five where it was going to pit them against each other mm. like dean just off the wagon it's you know mark of cain levels of um uh, of like scary dean anger um, i think to give the show credit i don't think it's like unfounded that dean is in the state he's in that poor man has just been through so much um, <laughs> yeah. over the years and just doesn't get a break but i i don't like the language they're using to sort of portray his like broken 
anger issues, you know, like all family centric. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense, and I think you 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 put it in a way that is is easy to um to kind of for me to figure out like, that's exactly what it is. I think that's what makes those scenes so uncomfortable. Um, Sam flinching away, and then Sam sort of just being reduced in a lot of ways to that reaction sometimes um like they just i don't know those scenes always just felt very strange what are we supposed to do with that what are we supposed to do with dean directing his anger at these other characters now again a lot of this stuff did pay off for me in in the finale where it seems like we're finally able to get through to him um but a big part of that i'm now just realizing like we kind of had that emotional breakthrough not that long before with the malik box um where sam was able to talk dean off the ledge they had the face punch you know all that typical supernatural brother stuff um and it felt like that should have been a turning point but at this, even as i say that i don't know how else dean would have reacted with the jack situation with mary's death um it's hard it is hard to imagine him ha- having wanting to do anything other than kill jack <laughs> um but but yeah, the the language they use to express his anger is 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 very troubling sometimes, um, and it is hard to to necessarily figure out what it was supposed to mean. I think a, a large part of part of season fourteen is this idea that uh, team free will that Dean and Sam and Castiel are adoptive father figures to Jack, mm-hmm. um, and we we saw some of this in season thirteen, but I think in season fourteen we're we're really hammering that home because he's actually present. You know, half of season 13, the dude is gone. He's in an alternate universe right. or whatever. Um, I am curious how well you guys think that they were able to sell that to that idea of fatherhood. Um, I think we see some very specific things with Castiel um, all the way from the beginning. And, you know, even pre-Jack's births of I have faith in Jack. He showed me, you know, beautiful things or, or whatever, which I, I go, even now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, what was that all about? <laughs> what beautiful things did he show him? <laughs> where, where is that happening? Um, and we see this with 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 Sam. Uh, we saw him try to, you know, teach Jack how to use his powers, uh, you know, showing him movies, things like that. Um, we see less of this with Dean, although we do see some of it in season 14 when he... Uh, gives him the the classic angel food angel food cake or devil food cake <laughs> test, um, something that I still can't believe was a real thing in supernatural that we didn't <laughs> a I didn't even understand what was happening See, that, I couldn't even understand it at the time. That's like my favorite kind of Dean, where he's like, okay, I know we need to test with the silver knife and do all these other things to figure out if the thing's a monster, um, but also I mean it can't hurt it can't hurt. You know, it can't hurt to just try just to see which cake he chooses, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, love, I love that side of Dean where he thinks, this. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it to see what happens. It's embarrassing how easy he wins me back over. One episode, <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. I, wish yeah. they, I wish they weren't so in love with Jensen being, like, angry because he's so good at it. And then they do mm-hmm. that, and I'm like, uh, Jensen, right. Jensen's the yeah, best. He's, right. back, he's back in my, in my good graces. Um, yeah. You're all right, kid. And then at the at the end of the season, we have, uh, and I was talking with uh, another friend of the show, Katie, about this today too. So, um, I, we at the end of the season, we have Chuck, you know, basically engineering this thing and calling it like an Isaac Abraham situation, where he is engineered for a father to kill his child, and and I don't know, like I just at that point, I don't like that that whole that whole thing falls apart for me a little bit because mm-hmm. if i compare and contrast dean's relationship with jack to dean's relationship with ben um lisa's dean junior kid if i yeah. c- compare and contrast jack with claire 
even. I feel like he's more of Daddy Dean. Let me mm-hmm. let me let me. I'm gonna drop a marker. Take that back. <laughs> he's he's more of a, a father figure, Dean, to those two than he really is to Jack that we have seen thus far. And yeah. like he came around, like from out. We need to kill this child immediately. To okay, fine, you can hang out. To at the very end, like I can't kill this person because he's family. He helped saved Mary, and then he also killed Mary. Like obviously, Dean is very conflicted about it. But I think the show was trying to sell this relationship that. I just didn't quite gel for me until mm-hmm. you know even at the very very end when he refuses to kill Jack it almost felt like it doesn't really have that much to do with Jack and more to do with giving a finger to giving the finger to Chuck so I don't know how, Amory how, how do you feel that they do you think they were successful in that am I making sense at all am I just talking nonsense at this point <laughs> no I, I they, they try they're doing quite different things like Castiel's relationship to Jack um it's like weirdly faith centric I feel like that's Castiel getting his faith back after completely losing faith in God, he really sees Jack as like kind of a symbol, which is an interesting kind of parenthood. But Dean's mm-hmm. such a normal. The moments where Dean does seem fatherly, he's such a normal guy, and he really does treat Jack more like a dude. Um, the the scene where they go out for a road trip, and he teaches Jack to drive, and they do some fishing, and like have a couple of beers. That is the most normal Jack's life probably ever was. So. I think it lands in contrast to how abnormal the rest is. Um, I like Dean being himself a little bit more mm-hmm. around Jack mm-hmm. and, and chilling out a bit. But it certainly yeah. gets complicated at the end. It's almost like, so Castiel, I mean, that, that is a really interesting point about how this he Jack becomes a symbol of faith uh, for Castiel. Um, and all of his hopes rest on Jack's shoulders that, like, if we can save Jack, if he can be a good person, that means that it's all worth it, right? Like our struggle is worth it because something good has come of this. Um, but out of the three of them, I guess Castiel is probably the most parental. Um, I see Sam as being almost like he's trying to act like Dean was with himself. Um, cause Sam, I mean, what does Sam know about having a dad? <laughs> you know, that is, that's, not, that's not a whole lot. I feel like, so I feel like Sam is trying to almost has a, like an older brother relationship with Jack in some ways. Uh, and then Dean it is a lot of times like he just treats him like a dude. And I think that that's sort of, like you said, that's, that's when it's at his, it's best. Like Jack gets to feel really normal and you can see Dean open up a little bit and it's like, he's got another um, member of his family. And then there's other times where he almost starts to act more like John, like how John would with Sam or like, he knows something's wrong with Sam. So he keeps him at arm's length a little bit. Dean spends a lot of time doing that. And maybe bringing John back for this season is supposed to kind of like, reignite this these like parallels between dean and jack or dean and john rather um but i don't know i i don't i don't want to say that dean's just acting like john but there's definitely a lot of john echoes in there it's it's really frustrating um bringing up that 300th episode uh i I had a lot of problems with it when we watched it i I still have a lot of problems with it like i don't think the show did i don't think the show handled it very well um i I realized that there was some behind the scenes stuff there was a will he won't he kind of situation so that it feels like two different episodes smushed together. Um, but at, at the time I said, you know, I feel like Sam and Dean are kind of done with their daddy issues. Uh, but it really felt like the show was trying, going doing its best to put a bow on the daddy issues. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think you could argue that like there was some catharsis for both Sam and Dean for seeing their father for the, for, again. Um, but also I just, I feel like if you pulled 1998 Jeremy, into 2021 
the dude would be an absolute shitbag no matter what you told him about the future. <laughs> and and the fact that John Winchester was just was just totally cool with all of this and didn't try to shoot his way out of it or or something was like and again, it's a, it's a it's a fantasy show. I know like I'm not trying to say that it wasn't realistic or anything. I'm just, you know, to, to me it's mind-boggling that you could convert John Winchester to a great guy in 4 minutes of storytelling and then shove him back into the past and like nothing ever happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that reflects some of the stuff that I have issues with overall in season 14, like those, and I don't know if this was just hamstrung by production, by writing or whatever, but like, I think about the first half of the season being about Michael and how I thought he was an actually really cool villain. I thought the reveal that he was going to completely take over this city and convert this entire city into monsters was super interesting. And then it just like, doesn't go anywhere <laughs> like yeah. it just doesn't it's, 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 it's just over it's hard with. to even re- it's hard to even like remember that like the wait oh yeah the first half of this season is all michael's yeah dean dean's gone for a few episodes and then he comes back but you don't know what's going on like so much of it and i and i don't know how, how i felt 10 weeks ago 15 weeks ago whatever when we talked about it but looking back it feels like that was a pretty strong arc overall um they left a lot of mystery we, did, we weren't always sure of what was happening and then the second half when i think of that i'm thinking less about jack's arc and more about dean and i think as much as i might want to say like you know fan service be damned they should tell the story that they want to tell the way that they want to tell it at the same time i'm a fan who wants to be serviced and i want to see sam dean and castiel having a good time doing double brother bluffs hunting monsters having a good time having epic struggles with apocalyptic forces that's the kind of thing i want to see and i'm always a little bit bummed out when there's brother drama or in this case it's just family drama it's it's them not seeing eye to eye it's them not getting along and it certainly creates a lot of tension but it's not always what i want from the show so that makes me a hypocrite because i want them to tell their story and and fans be damned but at the same time but also i, I have notes everyone. but also i have but notes also, <laughs> also i'm taking some notes and i want to feel happy when i watch your show and i want dean to make me feel good <laughs> i it's nice to be reminded that they like each other and that um i think season 11 not to you know season 11 simp logging on to defend favorite season <laughs> But that is a good job of reminding you of the stakes in the relationship and the world, because the threats are all external. So by the time we get to season 14, I really, I, I'm no longer into the brother drama. I really am ready for them to kind of not grow up a bit. They're, they're fully grown men, but, you know, I need them to stop like lying and fighting and bickering. Um, mm-hmm. I like the threats being external. And, and of course, they're not always going to be on the same page, but it felt like at a certain point in the last couple seasons, they came to a decision where they say, we are equals, we are on the same team, yep. and we will voice our opinions and we will come to decisions together. And then it just sort of tilted back to like, Sam is chief in in name alone, but we never get to see him really be chief. You know what I mean? It's sort of just we're worried about what Dean is going to do. Um, or we're following Dean's orders, um, and I and I want him. I want him to be on even footing. I want him to be brothers. And I also I do want Dean to be the one who like still looks out for Sam. And that's a big part of um, his character for me. Is he is the older brother and he has this this heavy weight on him, uh, but he still manages to always push forward to fight the thing, to want to sacrifice himself, to do all these heroic, dangerous things while still being the one who takes care of the people around him. Um, and maybe it's like I miss the comfort of that kind of relationship in the show. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see how it unfolds in season 15. 
somebody in our feedback, uh, and we'll get to this in a, in a little while, uh, describe season 14 as making the family, tra- family trauma the horror aspect of the show for this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know that it quite nails that to that extent like we're, this isn't the haunting of hill house right like we don't we don't go right. that deep into it um but i think it, it's it's making feints at that like i think it's trying uh with the death of mary with bringing john back with the the kind of not even necessarily division between sam and dean because what ends up happening is sam just abs- assumes this role of yes dean let's do it dean and like it's not even like they're arguing too much about it like at one point in the finale sam says like you want me to sign off on this and i won't but it doesn't act he doesn't like actively try to change dean's mind because he knows better like he's Mm -hmm. just he's just okay dude like whatever whatever you have to do go do it like and that's not even necessarily them fighting that's just sam like saying his feelings and dean kind of ignoring it like which is what happens a lot which i feel like is what i have a problem with because i don't want to be happier if they were fighting actively fighting about it because by the time we get to here, like Sam just going like whatever, dude, is is almost disappointing because it just it's more yeah. of that like oh Sam doesn't get to be in the show anymore <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. Sam doesn't have a personality he's just along for the ride he's everybody's he's just sidekick yeah. he's gonna he's gonna nag Dean so that Dean can have his character development and yeah. then he's just gonna reluctantly go okay whatever you say man and then he just. I don't know. Gets in the car with Castiel. <laughs> like I don't. What is Sam spent a lot of time in the car this season? He did spend a lot of time in the car. Um, it's a good argument that, so, that they need some space from each other. Like Sam mm-hmm. gets to be chief when Dean's not around, and as soon as Dean's there, he's kind of like little brother again. Yep. Which yeah. makes sense. That, that is my experience of like family relationships. Is they they are so defining in that way. And Dean seems a lot not happier, but a lot more himself when he doesn't have to be. Dean Winchester, savior of the entire planet, and is just the same kind of dorky, like, absolute nerd um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he was before he took on that kind of, like, responsibility. So it, it, but I like them being together, but I, I, I do wish they had, like, more space. Like, like I, a relationship. I need them yes. to have their own hobbies. How I feel I, like we've been saying this for a couple of years now, but the one of the things that I feel like I always want the most is for them to both have important things going on that are align they're aligning with the same cause but sam has to go spend two episodes with rowena so that they can hunt down some other magic book or whatever the hell while dean and castiel team up to take down this other guy who's in possession of something else they need you know just like random fetch quest crap but like i want them to have important things to do that doesn't always rely on them being together that actually lets them be characters in their own right carry their own mini plots um while also exploring the excellent cast that we feel like we never get to see <laughs> as much as we should i you know i'm i want it's how ironic the show has created something that is so focused on family and it's been so helpful for like others for finding family and for the idea of found family being just present in people's minds and then for like the three of us to sit down and go, you know what? This re- these people really need is some fucking distance. Less, less family. Yeah. <laughs> they need they need more family reunions. They need less family, more family reunions. Yeah. <laughs> like they need to hang out once every six months, not every day. Um, and that's not what the show is. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting because we remember the times that the the brothers have been apart. And I think for the most part, from the show's perspective, those times were more successful. Like those the boys were in generally happier. Like Sam mm-hmm. went on his veterinary date, whose husband came back to life, and <laughs> Dean <very> had weird. <laughs> Dean had, you know, a job at a mechanic because that's the that was his aspiration, and you know, go for that, whatever. Um, but but you know, 
they they seem to operate better when they are out of each other's shadow, which is so wild mm-hmm. to me because like the show is all about them being together and doing these things together. They're always just thrust into these these situations. So it's it's really interesting. But I mean, and it, I, I kind of wish they leaned into it more, the separation more, because the people that you're closest with in the world are the people that you, you don't really have to keep up with. Yeah. Um, like, I, you know, I don't talk to my sisters half the time and then, you know, we see each other at, you know, a birthday party or whatever. And it's like no time has passed at all. You know, we don't have to, like, worry about that. You just talk to them. Hey, what's up? Whatever. Like, it's totally normal. And I wish that Sam and Dean could be a little bit more like that instead of just having to be either overwrought or mad at each other or subservient to one another. Um, it's... I don't know. I don't mean to all to only complain because there's so many great things in this season. Castiel, who got yelled at a lot, and it was very upsetting. Um, Castiel had so many like kick-ass moments. It feels like he got to finally kind of have his own really positive motivations. There's a lot of times in, in past seasons where he's had his own things going on, and it's always like come crumbling down for him. Where he, he just he, he Castiel loses a lot, right? So it just makes it feel like he. I don't, I, we said this before, sometimes they paint Castiel out to be like incompetent and it's cause like either he's just getting beat up or he's getting tricked or like his fan, his, his, his plans fail. And that always sucks. Cause I really don't think that he's like that. Um, and in everything that's happened with Jack, I feel like has been very positive for Castiel's character where we get to see him, uh, be a good parent, have his faith restored. And even when, um, Jack, you know, almost goes dark side. Castiel is still there trying to hold him up and and move forward. And I feel like we've gotten so much positive Castiel. Um, It's just the damn snake. Dean yelled at him about the damn snake, man, and I'm not over it. The snake is really frustrating. (laughs) That snake is a really aggravating (laughs) stick in my craw, to be honest with you. Um... Fuck that snake. Um, and the worm guy, you know, that was another highlight. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't mean to. Ju- I don't mean to just complain about Dean this whole time. No, no. Let's um, let's complain about a different character because it's um, just yeah. Uh, Sam, uh, what are you doing, Sam? Fix yeah. yourself. A lot you of you know this, what, Sam? Cut uh, cut your hair. A lot of this season was dedicated to our uh, least favorite character in the supernatural universe, which is Lucifer, um, oh, and and his human vessel uh, Nick, uh, played by the um, extraordinarily awful human being. It's Mark Pellegrino. Chris, you and I have been on record a lot for a long time now as not being a huge fan of this, and I think we probably talked ourselves out of everything that we could ever possibly like about this person. But I'm curious, Amory, what, 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 where do you stand? <laughs> like, what's your, where's your Nick feels at, dog? Man, I came, I came to season 14 before I really knew anything about any of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So okay. I, was, I was, like, not, um, not influenced by Mark Pellegrino being just a, a truly awful individual. Um, did you see that Kickstarter he ran? Yes, that's I worth did. Looking up, <laughs> Dude, that's boy. a riot. Trying to um, explain that to Gary Butterfield, my other uh, podcast co-host, uh, who does not know anything about Supernatural other than what I have specifically told him, and like him just reading that, going, "What does this have to do?" I thought these were two brothers, and I'm like, "No, no, it's a different dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Kickstarter Damn. was so bad. <clears throat> Incredible. But I was I was actually really excited for Nick in season 14 because Lucifer had definitely been done. Um, but I, I liked the idea of Nick a lot, um, especially for Sam, because like Sam has become a strange adult, a re- just an unusually <laughs> grown yeah. individual. Um, and I really like the idea of him helping Nick, who's like surely the only person that can like fully understand that trauma. Um, I feel like does the show forget that Sam's soul is like 140 years old? That he was in the. I don't uh-huh. know. But I feel Abs- like that absolutely that does. relationship could have been really interesting and powerful. And I really liked Sad Nick 
I think I hate to say it, but first time I watched it, I thought Pellegrino did a really good job being uh, like that just traumatized individual. Um, the bit where he breaks down and cries and asks, like, why would anyone let, why would anyone do that? I was like, mm. oh, okay, this is quite humane. This is Supernatural's like growing up a little bit and is dealing with the consequences of all this violence. Um, which was optimistic of me to think that that's <laughs> what Supernatural was doing. Um, and it really, I was really disappointed because I wanted it to, to be, I wanted that whole thing to pan out being a little bit more gentle, I suppose, that the show kind of doesn't have many plot lines that aren't related to conflict. And yeah, that one, I, that one really sorely disappointed me because I was so into it at the start. I was so ready for, for Sam to, to get that character development because uh, he's been through a lot and then he gets to go through a little bit more. And it does. I guess he does get character development, but it's weird. There's there's an implication so that weird. Dean makes that he thinks he's just going to straight up murder Nick um, in one of his episodes. He's like, "Hey, you don't go in there. I know you'll just kill him." And I was like, "Do you?" Huh. <laughs> it does, doesn't quite sound like yeah. Sam. I don't know, yeah. Dean. That sounds more like you, to be honest. If I were going to be, if yeah. we're going to be real, <laughs> it's not the character development I was I was hoping for when we got this this man that is like uniquely bonded to to Sam and his experience. It's uh, I don't really know who Sam is at this point in the show, which makes me sad because he was my favorite character like for so, so, so long. He's like my favorite character in fiction. I related to him so much. I talk about it every fucking season. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like, I don't really know what his his deal is. There is almost this this gentler side to him that I feel like they tried to lean into a little bit. Like and, and Nick could have been a good example of that, of like trying to kind of deal with the fallout of this stuff. And he's always he was always the sensitive one back in the older seasons. Um and then he became Chief Sam. But there I'm still just very I don't know. They, Sam always wanted to have a normal life, right? Like and then he went through these phases where he's like, no, I'm all back in on being a hunter. And he kind of just ebbs and flows between the two aspects uh and like telling charlie in that random episode that like no you shouldn't leave the life you should you should stay a hunter forever it seemed very strange um and i and i just don't i don't really know who he is and that's why i guess i can't even really get mad at him the way that we kind of get like frustrated with dean's character writing um because i'm just sort of like it's just a kind of a question mark over sale most of the time um and i you know i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with season 15 with, with sam but he felt he felt so alive um, when I first started watching the show. And now I just, he's, he's just kind of a guy in the background and I don't really know how to feel about him most of the time. Um, I want to mention one of my favorite minor characters, or I guess not minor, but supporting characters uh, who showed up quite a bit in season 14. Uh, but I feel like she got most of her character development in season 13. And now we're just kind of waiting around for Sam to kill her, uh, which is Rowena who mm-hmm. always shows up with just the, the dopest outfits and the dopest things to do and say, um, but what felt criminally underused, just like a lot of the supporting uh, actor, actors and actresses this season. Um, I, they called her up anytime they needed something magical done. She actually showed some sympathy towards their, their, you know, towards Jack and helped them get Jack back and blah, blah, blah. Um, but man, like they just didn't know what to do with that chick during this season, huh? <laughs> Sheriff Jody, no idea what they're going to do with her. Claire, yeah. oh well, should yeah. I even worry about her? 
um darth kaya i mean they were she was in it like an episode i think right that, that was the Maybe. season yeah, yeah she to get the staff. There was a spear yeah, yeah the spear they just robbed her and then never and never never helped her out they're like yeah we'll give you a portal back to your own world no sweat they just never helped her granted yeah. i guess she was just worried about michael and michael's gone so in the end She's just probably like working at Burger King or something normal now, but um, <laughs> Darth Kaya works at Burger King. Yeah, she's like, dude, uh, this is way this is way better than running from Michael, fighting for my life. Is it? I don't. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know, you man. Don't know. It's hard to put together a whopper. Pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Amber, what's you? Do you have favorite uh, supporting characters in Supernatural, and uh, specifically in season fourteen, or not? Just just in general, that you would, you would want to shout out. Um, see, man, I, there's like a horrible part of my brain that's like, Sergey. we got Sergey this season. I love that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't think of like season 14 as having like a particularly exciting individual character. Like Rowena really does a lot in the, like, she's not arranged as much, but she's certainly the most exciting new character, I think. Mary's character development feels mostly in the previous two seasons. Um, I think it's it's Jack. Jack's arc is my my favorite. Yeah. Because um, that I, I like. I think one of the, I like Dean a lot, and I think one of the reasons that I, my opinion of him is is perhaps warmer than a lot of people's by the end is that I was totally on his side for most of it. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop with Jack because I've always found him scary. I something about it, that character always creeped me out a little. Um, mm. So it, for me, Jack's arc playing out kind of the way I hoped or expected it to was the most rewarding thing i think he really gets like gets his own personality a bit more beyond the kind of like castiel light fish out of yeah. water thing yeah um they they so much of jack's character ends up being wrapped up in this desire to be good um or a desire to be useful i think first of all and then a desire to be good and then reaching a point where he has no idea what that actually means anymore um, and that's, I mean, the, the biggest moment where Jack crossed the line for me is when he says, um, he starts calling it the accident or whatever, when he's talking about what happened to Mary, then I, you know, fully on board with Dean, the way that he reacts to that. I, and, and I, I know I said it before in that moment, if up until then Dean's idea was like, we're, you know, I'm really pissed at this kid. We're going to put him in the mouth box and then we're going to figure out what the hell we're going to do after that. If after that moment, Dean then decided, you know, that line what what Jack just said crossed the line for me, and now I just want to kill the kid. I don't want to think of a plan to save him. I, I think I would have been on board with that 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 line of thought a little bit more. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah, so so Jack, he could have been Castiel Light, or he could have been Mini Lucifer, or whatever. But his whole thing is. Uh, he wants to be good and doesn't actually know what that means. Um, and the whole what would the Winchesters do thing, that's got to fuck a guy up because the Winchesters are fucked up. So, you know, it's not uh, it's not so simple. But I, I, I do like what they did with him. They didn't just let him go dark side. They they played with it in a, in a different way. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Me too. And uh, I was really excited at the finale when, um, I mean, you have that really climactic moment where instead of Jack rushing at dean he just you know kneels down it's like okay and that to Mm -hmm. me and i said this as much on the podcast of like just signaling like oh that as much as anything else as he's done in that episode that specifically proves that he's worth saving that he actually has a soul to save at some point and and i think in a way that saves dean as well um and for i mean for me like i think in the show that that is almost a moment of of 
say of, of salvation for dean was is realizing what he's doing and and you know staring down at jack and having this moment of i you know i can't do this i can't just execute this boy after even after everything i just can't do it um for me that brings dean right back and i can forget all the stuff that we've gone through with him and just go okay he's back on our team we're okay we're on the same side again um let's let's you know let's keep fighting let's see what happens next um but I, you know it says a lot about jack too and and castiel's influence on jack um yeah, the, the, I mean that finale was it did a lot it did a lot to save things that I didn't like about it, the season. It put in some work. It absolutely did. Um let's 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 end this section of the podcast on mm-hmm. on some positive notes. Uh I just w- I do want to call out some of my favorite episodes or my favorite things that happened in the season. Um uh the bug situation <clears throat> where yep. uh yep. Sam and Charlie hunt down a literal bug man. Um and Chris finding out that it was a bug man was what some of my highlights from season 14. <laughs> that was some of the best stuff. Um, Amory, you mentioned it earlier, but the, the, the trip that Jack and Dean took, I think was really sweet. Um, I think on the podcast, I, I wasn't, my opinion of it was, was fairly low. Cause it kind of felt like it was maybe trying to pander a little bit, but it, in a void of just by itself, I thought it was just really nicely put together. Like it was just a really, it was really nice to see both of those people have some nonviolent experiences in their lives with just like, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's go fishing. Where does Dean even keep the fishing poles? I have to know. <laughs> I, I have to know this stuff. Um, so I want to put the same question to you and feel, whoever wants to go first, feel free. Like what what, you, what some of your favorite moments in season 14? Hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really An unanswerable question. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I like the Malak box. I, it's, a, it's a controversial one, but it's um, it's like real horror to me in a way that Supernatural hasn't been for a while. The show got like funnier, I think, as it went on and a little bit less of a horror show. But the Malak box is really scary to me. And the shot we get of Dean at the bottom of the ocean panicking uh, is one of my favorites in Supernatural. That that to me is like up there with Sam in the in the cage in season five. And I think Dean's like farewell tour, speaking, going to see everyone he loves before he goes, is like really affecting. I don't know something about that whole plot line of like, um, it, it's some like again, it, it seems somehow nastier than being in the cage. It's a similar thing, but it somehow mm-hmm. seems worse. Even though there's nothing worse than being locked up with Lucifer, there's something about it that like got to me more. Um, it was really like really unsettling. You can be locked up with Nick. There's, that sounds worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, I, you know, I think there's there's the the claustrophobia aspect to to the Malik box, um, which is somehow you know it's it's the cage is this metaphysical thing until we actually like see it in season eleven or whatever. But um, it's it's the cage is like a concept, you know, and it's torture and it's hell, but it's just a concept. And then you could literally see the inside of this box, and I think any one of us could imagine being trapped inside of a box like that, um, being you know internally tormented for eternity. Um, that's that's horrifying, literally horrifying. Um, on so many so many levels um so yeah it is it it's very dark it's very scary and the montage of you know dean going out to the the cabin with mary and then like building this thing it's um that's it's really good stuff and i and i hate to i hate to say this but i think the the highlight of the entire season for me is the finale um it it just brought back so much life to supernatural for me uh it reignited so many things that i love about the show um it it saved dean for me it brought him back sam got to do you know some stuff castiel was great jack's arc was like completed in a really satisfying way we got billy and then just like i said this last episode just being on location does so much for me and it's such a small thing that you know good writing 
can shine in a stage play and all you need is a couple um you know items on stage you don't need anything you can you can tell a good story with just a couple actors but on supernatural when they go out to a dope looking cemetery that elevates it so much for me um and just everything happening it felt very epic again we got fucking chuck there that's a whole thing uh and then you know the 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 gamer in me excuse me but the gamer in me <laughs> loved just loved like the horde of zombies chasing them down at the end of the season um i don't know i just was so excited about everything that was happening i didn't know how it was going to unfold and now i have no idea what the hell is going to happen next so it was like it was such a thrill to watch that episode that that like that's the highlight of the season for me i uh, we didn't even talk about chuck and his kind of uh which, what, yeah. I, what I guess would be considered a turn in his character, but like something that I, I think we've all suspected of Chuck since the day we met him, um, which was this like, you know, his, his, the ultimate not caring dad of, and then just following that to its eventual conclusion of like, oh well, if my toys don't work, I'm going to throw them away. Um, not even not even being a father figure to these people, like just literally like you guys are my entertainment, and when my toys break, I throw them away and I go get new ones. Um, very excited about that the whole concept leading into season 15 of him just being like mm. washing his hands of this universe um, I can't remember because I watched I've already watched the first episode of season 15 and I think there's a line in that that I don't want to mention because Chris hasn't seen it yet but I, I think it's I think it's Sam that says it in there so I don't want to talk about it here but I just remembered it and it makes a lot of wow. sense to put here what a tease what a tease everybody <laughs> what a tease um, yeah you know I think I I have a I have a hard time with season fourteen overall. The finale really does make a lot of the back end of the season really work for me. I thought the front end of the season was really good. I just thought that it really seemed like the whole Michael arc. I don't know this for sure, and I don't care to know. So you don't have to send in like dates or or anything, listeners. Like you no, know, I don't I don't actually care. I just like to make up stuff in my head and have it live. But it really seems like <laughs> they made a, the decision of like, oh, we're probably going to end this show midway through season 14 um or midway through producing season 14 let's say that i don't think it like they're changing air dates or anything but it changed the i think doing that changed the direction of the show so they were like well we got to wrap up this michael stuff quick so we're gonna leave garth in the trunk we're not gonna worry about all the monsters they created in that city (laughs) we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about any of that stuff we're just gonna get straight to jack and to do some god and some multi-universe stuff um, and they've done that before. Like Supernatural has a long history of taking plot lines and then just kind of dead ending them to move on to something else really quickly when you know a different writer comes on or when you know things change or production problems happen or whatever. Um, but it never is not frustrating for me because I actually saw a lot of promise in the first thing that they were doing. So uh, that's kind of my full. I don't really know that I have a lot to say about season fourteen after that. Do you, either one of you? Um, no, I think I said what I needed to say. Yeah, no, I think it'll be, um, if you do ever rewatch it, I'd be curious to hear what you think, because I think this season rewards it more than most. I think Michael is more interesting when you get the Chuck reveal at the end, and you realize that maybe Michael isn't, like, a hundred percent wrong for being like, hey, we might have to take this fight to the big G's. We might have to start taking this seriously. And I think the jackpot, I I enjoyed it a lot more the second time, knowing I was going to get what I wanted, which was, like, the, the horror story of um like a, a you know borderline omnipotent being that you cannot afford to annoy which is a profoundly scary idea to me so it, i'd be interested to see what you think on rewatch because i um the first time was like most interesting but this time i really enjoyed watching uh watching them all play out uh Diz mentioned on the discord today uh former guest in front of the show nessa uh, mentioned that 
everything that happens with Chuck at the end of season 14 uh, really makes like season 11 puts a different like spin on season 11. Um, so as much as I say, mm. like I'll probably wait a few years before I watch the show. I am really curious how the end of the show will change my opinions about like the early parts of the, of, of the, of the, of the series. So yeah. we'll have to do, um, do not ever anyone ever hold us to this. We'll have to do 15 <laughs> uh, season flashback <laughs> yeah. episodes. Absolutely. Um, we'll watch a whole season. We'll talk about it. You know, I, I am curious to see how, um, with some distance and some time, how doing a weekly podcast about a show affects our interpretation of it. You know, if we we have we come every week with with thoughts. You know, we have something to say about each episode, and I wonder if we kind of sat on that long longer and and ruminated on some of these things a little longer. If by the time we got to these big episodes, we've been able to draw out different conclusions um, or have different feelings. Um, there's simply no way to know though, because this is the way that, uh, you know, the dice rolls. Yep. Yep. You have to, you have to commit to your feelings now, um, as opposed yep. to later. Um, so for those of us, uh, those of you out there that are new, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back after uh, a little musical interlude as performed by Chris Mosier. He's going to do that live for us. Um, <clears throat> warming up right now, baby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be back with a whole lot of your questions, comments, and feedback from season 14. Amory, uh, if you're no pressure to join us, you're more than welcome to. But if not, do you want people to be able to find you on the internet at all? Um, no, you can't. Excellent. Um, okay. You can't find me. If you disagree with my Dean opinions, take do a deep breath and a long me. walk. <laughs> take a deep breath and a long walk. I love it. Uh, Amory is on our Discord where he serves out amazing opinions and occasionally oh. would jump in for our Hockey uh, Sundays routine. So be sure to hang out with him there. Uh, you can stalk him there if you're fascinated with him as much as me and Chris are. Um, it's the only place. You can write me a letter or you can <laughs> at me in the Discord. Don't be mean. Just write uh, uh, d- just write Amory, and then at the bottom write the UK, and then put it in the mailbox, <laughs> and it will get to where it needs to go. I'm assuming someone That's, will know someone. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows everybody over there. It's pretty small. So um, if you're not going to join us for the feedback, thank you for listening. We'll have season 15 stuff up shortly. Um, new song, new video, all that stuff is in the works. So be excited, and we will be right back. some of your feedback we have a lot of it we're going to be reading it quickly we're going to be answering concisely we're not going to be going on any tangents whatsoever uh i have that mark in, it down folks i have no that in writing for both tangents. amory and chris uh amory thanks for hanging Locked out with in. us for, for more of this this nonsense we appreciate it uh we are going to get started with um sav who writes in and says i started your podcast at the beginning of my new job 
which I started on March 2nd, 2020. Everybody put that in your calendars. Thank you, Sav. Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Sav, on the calendar right now. As you know, a week later, the country shut down. Luckily, we were considered an essential business, a production bakery, so I got to work for 24 hours in a week and collect unemployment, and through it all, I caught up to you guys finishing season 10 because I personally stopped watching after season 10. I had become jaded towards the show and just plain bored of the episodes and storyline. I just needed another podcast to listen to while I worked because I didn't want to talk to my new co-workers and I was a little burned out on true crime. <laughs> Bless. <laughs> same, Sav. Same. Same. Uh, you guys reopened by... Uh, you guys reopened up my eyes to the beauty of Supernatural. It brought me back to the love I carried for the show when I was younger. I was constantly talking about it, shipping Destiny L and reading fan theories and fanfics. I especially love your podcast because it came from a male outsider point of view that I didn't see often in the fandom, so it was refreshing. I am a male outsider. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> That's definitely how I feel. It was refreshing and hilarious. You guys kept me dying of laughter. My coworkers just look at me strangely. Sav. Thank you very much for all of those nice things. Thank you, Sav. And glad we can make... Um, um, you and your coworkers less friends. I think that's the that's the big yeah, that's the big that's yeah huge huge. Thank you so much. Um, all right, this next one comes from Carly B. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for giving me a short one because you know again we struggle we struggle over here. Mm -hmm. um, Carly writes, "Hey, Chris, Jeremy, I've been listening to your podcast for months now. I've just got to your coverage of season seven, and something you said made me pose uh, an interesting question. I live in Wisconsin, and during the winter there is road salt everywhere. Could a demon still be in Wisconsin during the river? Discuss. By the way, I think you guys are doing a great job." Um, thank you Carly. thank you, Carly. Appreciate that. Um, same here. You know, in in the old New England, we get a lot of road salt. I myself have to lay down quite a bit of salt in the driveway to to you know stop stop old grandma from slipping around out there. Um, and I think it would need to be a bit more. Do we lose somebody? Uh, we lost Jeremy. It's a young man's cast now. It's a young man's cast. Oh, he's back. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to tell you what just happened. So just if you guys okay, can t right, say whatever fine. funny jokes happen, um, then you guys can have at it. What was I saying? Um, young man's cast. Uh, oh, so I do have to lay down salt, uh, and and I've I've been known to do to do a you know cheeky little circle, a cheeky little line across the front door so that no demons <laughs> will get in. Um, but I think I think maybe the demons would have a bit a bit of trouble sometimes navigating. Maybe a little be little indigestion walking down the road with all the salt. But as far as I'm aware, it has to be a clean, unbroken line or circle for it to really be any good. So uh, I'll, I'd say the demons can still get by. Uh, this conversation came up uh, because somebody, it's not because of this, but um, somebody added us and said that they were listening to our season eleven feedback when somebody had written in about. Um, if you had a hula hoop of salt around you, if a demon could possess you. Um, and it came up on the Discord. I, I posted that in the Discord. And the consensus from the Discord was uh, you would have to pack the hula hoop tightly with salt. And it has to be an unbroken line that would keep the demons out, right? Mm -hmm. But it would have to be like, like it's not a situation where you're like hula hooping and so the sand is all the way on one side. Like that, that opens up the demons from the it, other side. Yes, it would need to be a dense unbroken circle of salt um too dense to really even serve as much of a, as, as a fun hula hoop yeah because i imagine that part of the the hula in the hooping mm -hmm. is is part is because of the the sand or whatever inside that kind of you know changes the balance as you shake your hips um as you can tell i'm a hula hoop expert you are. you're doing um, well you're doing great and yeah and i think i think if it's you know not enough salt on one side you're opening yourself up to attack so it's gotta it's gotta be so dense that at that point it's just a plastic circle filled with salt yes it's just a heavy it's just a heavy o is what we've got <laughs> yeah, there it's on a our heavy hands. O. <laughs> uh, but i think that this this speaks to like having salt on the roads for winter time where it would just be too 
dispersed. It would be too the like the strength of the salt magic against demons would have just dispersed in the ice and wet and slush. So it's not going to be a hard line that would keep po- people out. Like you would have to I, do the 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 hard pour to get the to get it to work. Yeah. I know you said no tangents, but what about a salt belt? Okay. <laughs> Has anyone talked about a salt belt? Okay. Filled with salt. Salt. I mean, belt. it would just protect your protect your waist, I guess, because if your arm uh-huh. stretches out past your waist, then they got your arm. So forget about it. Let's okay. next question. Okay. <laughs> salt. <laughs> we have brought quickly brought up and uh, discontinued the notion of a salt belt. Hey, clue master. Clue All right, master. clue master. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Carly B, for writing in. Um, Amor, you're up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from Julia at Stuffy underscore JJ. I don't know if you want me to. Yeah, if it's at, at the Twitter Julia. link, we'll, we'll go ahead and read the it. The deed's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hunks. I'm catching up on your episodes still and have been enjoying your discussions about season 12. I just listened to your episode where you talked about 1211 regarding Dean and how the jokes didn't quite land for you because of personal experiences with memory loss. It made me think a lot about how even the funny episodes of Supernatural are often deeply tragic when you get past the surface level jokes which I think is why 12.11 did land for me as someone who lost a grandfather to Alzheimer's. With Mystery Spot in Season 3, Dean dying over and over again in increasingly ridiculous ways is presented as hilarious, but that was the season where they were trying to figure out a way to get Dean out of his demon deal. So every time Dean died, did his soul go to hell for however long it took for the trickster slash Gabriel to reset the day? In Season 8, the episode Hunt... Yeah. And Terry the cartoon one. <laughs> the cartoon one. Has a plethora of Looney Tunes style gags and Castiel trying to be a hunter and being very bad at it. But it also has the moment between Dean and Cass where Cass confesses that if he thinks too much about the destruction he brought to heaven as God's DL, he might kill himself. Lord, I don't remember that. So the episode becomes less about the cartoonish setup and more about Cass trying to distance himself from the pain he's caused and unknowingly continues to cause since he's been literally lobotomized by Naomi during the episode too, which is why he chooses to stay with Fred at the end, because he, like Fred, is afraid of losing control of himself and hurting more people. I don't want this message to go on too long, so I won't include any other examples, but this is just what your discussion made me think of. Thanks again for putting out this podcast. It continues to be a lot of fun and really keeps me thinking. Hope you're both doing well, and sorry that I'm incapable of only sending long messages. <laughs> I um, forgive I, you, Julia. I will I say right there, looking at Mystery Spot as an example, it is the perfect example of how the humor is wrapped up in tragedy so much, even if we don't call it out or even notice it. The second half of Mystery Spot shows the tragedy behind all the, the, the jokes um, where Sam becomes Robo-Sam and all that stuff. So I think that that's, that's absolutely something good to keep in mind when watching these comedic episodes. There's always something a little bit messed up wrapped up in all those jokes the the idea of dean spending time in hell at the end of every loop day loop and mystery spot is terrifying and horrifying to me like i don't know that it's true i feel like as a archangel like he probably has the power to this loop the soul over again as opposed to dip it into hell and bring it back but that gets into like soul mechanics which we are 100 percent not into on this podcast so we're not going to go there but <laughs> just the idea of it and also amory I, I did not remember this this note about castiel confessing that he might um kill himself as well uh, until just recently when somebody brought it up and like put a gif of it up somewhere and i was like jesus christ i don't remember even talking about that and that definitely seems like something we would talk about like wow so. Yeah, I was thinking about it recently because there's a season 14 episode where Cass is talking to Nick and Nick's like, you know, you're just as bad as Lucifer because you possess Jimmy. Um, and Castiel describes it as his greatest regret. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Great, greatest? All <laughs> yeah. of the angels that... Uh, number one? Huh? Yeah, that's, that's number one. <laughs> you consensually possessed a man and 
his daughter's a bit sad. I don't okay. Uh thank you, Julia, for writing that in and, and provoking some interesting thoughts. I think that was a really good one. Um we're gonna move on to apologies and events. Uh you mentioned that you were from Brazil, so I'm assume Ligia, but I'm probably saying that wrong at uh L U P O L I G I A on Twitter. Hey guys, my name is Ligia I'm from Brazil, and I've been listening to your Supernatural podcast Shout for a while now. I just finished the feedback episode for the fourth season, and truth is, I wish I had found you guys when you started to do this, because I really want to comment on every single episode. <laughs> and I thought you would never remember what you guys said four years ago, so that sucks. I, I don't remember what I said four days ago, alright? So don't, I don't remember but, what I said earlier this afternoon yeah, in yeah, this yeah. podcast. There's, hey, I don't know. Hey Chris, do you, have, do you remember any joke that you've made on this podcast so far? Not a one. Not a, perfect, not a one. Perfect. I love it. Uh, but I wanted to say that I absolutely love to hear the podcast for so many reasons. Uh, first, because I've seen the first five seasons way too many times, and it has been awesome to relive the whole thing by doing something different than watching. Second, because it made me realize so many things that I didn't, and also made me reaffirm so many things that are incredible that I love about the show. What I really feel is that these characters are so well-written, they are coherent, Sam and Dean, they are deep, and they both have good and bad, and they are really well-written, truly. You can see what they are doing and thinking, that's so Dean and that's so Sam. And I think this is something that keeps us hooked in the show. But what motivated me to write now, after 35 episodes, is that I wanted to back up Chris in his defense of Sam. I also relate to Sam a lot. Don't misunderstand me. I am Team Dean all the way. I love him. He is the best. But also, this is true because of Dean's righteousness was something impossible to achieve. We also have to remember that in the early years, Dean is very restricting with Sam, never trusting him. And for a younger brother, this is something that stirs up your self-esteem and makes you want to prove the other person wrong. And again, Dean, for me, is so incredible because he knows what is right. He does not need to feel special and he's reliable. He's solid. And he sees Sam while Sam most of the time is immersed in his own pain. But all of these characteristics make him almost unattainable. Speaking of Dean there. Uh, something that I am always looking up to, but can hardly get there. So when I think that Sam did make a lot of mistakes, I can truly see how human... All of it was. So that's a lot. I'm going to stop now. Just want to finish by saying that I'm really happy that you guys decided to do the podcast. Sorry for any English mistakes. And I'm looking forward to the start of season five of the podcast. See you soon. Uh, thank you, Ligia, who, whose name I am Shout probably butchering. Um, you speak English and Listen. write English way better than I speak um, <laughs> any sort of other language. So yeah. shouts, <laughs> no, no complaints here. Um, and, you know, forget any comments, or criticisms of I've offered to Sam. Uh, prior to this moment right now but uh team sam for life i got you back um sure forever okay yeah Am I that's insightful chris um, you're, you're the next one but uh i'm just gonna go ahead and, and put two in there so i have to so i have to read the long one so okay um, so you can you can read edits. the one from dex that i that i just inserted in there and i'll, I'll okay, give hold on live edits <laughs> At least, okay. hey, at least we're no, not putting at least we're not putting hunks in the name of the podcast and anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, this is from Dex, now you're dexterity, friend of the show. Um, well, hey there, hunks. It's been a while. I definitely didn't just forget to write in last season, but man, what a season, right? I was mildly dreading you guys getting to the final few episodes of the season because it because it has what is, in my opinion, the worst thing Supernatural has ever done: the off-screen murder of Mary. It's a genuinely baffling choice, and I did it. It didn't even come from a Buckling episode. I haven't heard your reactions to it as of yet, um, but I'm sure it's going to be a time. Chris, have you ever cosplayed a Final Fantasy character? And if not, would you ever? Who would it be? I would be uh, Squall, but I'm too old for now and i know i never done it uh, i did create many many uh final fantasy weapons in my youth though um which sounds weird when i say it like that but i would make them out of wood and play in my backyard with them um jeremy why are you the worst in capital letters i uh, just always have been always will be 
Um, and mm. thank you both for continuing to be the Monstars of my week. Excited for season 15. Monstars <laughs> is the worst part and officially makes him the worst. I just want to say that we, out. I never, I never even acknowledged the fact that Mary died off screen. Um, yeah. They love doing that. They love to kill women off screen. Yeah, and when they do it on screen, it's not usually much better. So When they do it on screen, it's buckling. So... Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks, Dex, for writing in. I uh, I also, I'm pretty okay with the Mary death in this. I don't know that we talked about it in the first part of the show in depth, but um, I'd, I'd, I feel like her arc was kind of wrapped up. I felt like they didn't really know what to do with her as a character. Sticking her with a weird Bobby relationship didn't feel great. Um, yeah. And sidelining her to do, like, random stuff that just felt kind of weird. Uh, I'm sorry she has to go. I like her as an actor. Uh, I don't. I just her as a character. I hate that she had to die, but like, I don't know. I was I was kind of okay with it at the end. I of the think day. you know. Obviously, we we liked having Mary around. Yeah. But it is weird when you think about them bringing back a parent when so much of what like makes the Winchesters who they are is like they're on their own. They only have each other as like you know. So then suddenly having that person above you, I guess they they dealt with that. Huh? I guess they, that was they definitely dealt with it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'd take the off-screen death over, like, anything really gory. This was the season with that head-exploding guy in the diner. And the worm guy? Town. I don't know. Don't want to forget about the worm guy. You can't possibly forget about the worm guy. Ugh. Worst ever. Um, Amory, you're up for Kaz. Yeah, okay, Kaz. Um, season 14 wrap-up. Wrap Hello, Chris and Jeremy, and guests. It's my first time writing in, and I find now that I try, all the thoughts I normally yell at you while listening to the podcast are gone blank. I know one thing I did want to bring up was Angel Office Depot. Initially, Angel storylines worked well for me because they were what uh, they were about what Supernatural is about, family. And more and more over the seasons, you can tell that the remaining angels don't really have that vibe. It's duty or deceit or personal motivations. Without God, they don't really have any affiliation or loyalty to each other. They may be loyal to the cause, but they are rudderless. They're instead more like a corporation, but alas, not even one of those corporations that make lip service to team building or work-life balance. So, for laughs, what team building event or challenge would you set angels? I <laughs> um, uh, love listening to the podcast. It was fun catching up on so many episodes, and it filled an empty space for me after the show ended. Sincere thanks to you both. You're awesome, Ken. Thank you, Kaz. Um, I, I don't want them, I don't need them to do any team building. I just want them, I want a wardrobe refresh. And by that, I want them to start going for like um, gothic or like renaissance painting attire. Um, I've been using it for a podcast start this whole time. Mm-hmm. I want them looking like decked out like Sistine Chapel looking ass angels. Um, I don't have a problem necessarily with, with the suits. They all look nice. But I want them to, I want them to suddenly upgrade. Because if, you know, Castiel or somebody goes back up to heaven after to check in on something and everybody's just decked out in like robes with, you know, capes and shit. I, I mean, it always comes back to capes with me, doesn't it? <laughs> if somebody's wearing a cape, suddenly you're going to be like, whoa, hold up, Duma. What's going on up here? I've been away for a while. And she goes, yeah, we're different now. And she's got a sword. All right. Anyway, that's my fan. So you want, you, want, you, you want the angels to dress up like um, Grimes did at the Met Gala this past week is what I'm hearing. You like, know, I guess. Okay. I, it's as reluctant as I am to say it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Chris doesn't want to say anything positive about Grimes, but that's, that's where he was going with this. Uh, Does anybody that, ha- that comes into heaven um, as a guest, like as Castiel or on rare occasions, Sam and Dean, do they have to get dressed up in this? Like, do they have to put on the threads in order to talk to other angels in heaven? You know what I'm saying? Like, not mm-hmm. if you die and go to heaven. Obviously, that's a different thing. But like, if you're just going up to like say hello to Duma, 
you know, RIP. Uh, I just feel like uh, picture this, right? You are you're at you know, New York Comic Con mm-hmm. and you're cosplaying I'm here. Okay. as there. as Lady Maria from Bloodborne, I love right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Something happens, you die tragically mm. uh and suddenly you find yourself in heaven in the clothes you were wearing you rock up dressed like lady maria i'm not gonna describe what it looks like just imagine something cool in your mind and then you look around and all these angels are just like hey uh we work in an office building and um they do, we don't we only get 30 minutes for lunch and no other breaks um and then you rock up looking cool as hell you're gonna be a little disappointed in the angel situation sure 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 sure, sure. yeah uh, so up, up your style game heaven i think my my team building exercise would be to separate the remaining angels into teams of four and require them um honestly i would just go through taskmaster and assign them every single sure, sure, sure. uh task from taskmaster but the, the one that comes to mind is how high can you drop an egg without it breaking i would like to see <laughs> i would like to see all of the, <laughs> you have you have uh, like some materials like that are available to like a fourth grade crafting class like a kindergarten class maybe even and then like some so i'm talking like popsicle sticks and like some rubber bands maybe a little bit of cotton and how high can you get the can you drop the egg without it breaking? You have twelve eggs. Okay. You get twelve chances. That would be fine. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Amory, do, do you have it? Do you have any any thoughts? It's, it's tricky to challenge an angel because of their like kind of nondescript powers. But um, for a challenge, I want them to compete in convincing a human being that they are a human being. Um, I want them to like. <laughs> yes, I absolutely. Think the, the personality <laughs> challenge is going to really trip them up. Who can be normal the yeah, longest? Yeah, who can be normal the longest? Yeah. You lose when someone says, like, hey, are you an, like, angel or, like, I'm getting something, and then you lose, and you've lost. Yeah, you've lost they ask, are you an angel, and then suddenly you start hearing a static hissing, and the room explodes, because yeah. they just can't, <laughs> can't be normal. Can't hold it, can't hold it on that. Uh, that's can't funny. a normal thing. <clears throat> well, thank you, Kaz, for writing in. Um, I'm going to take over for um, L. Um, who has a sunflower in her name, and that's copied and pasted as Sunfl- L Sunflower, uh, at Gay w- Wayward, excuse me, Gayward Sisters. Uh, this is long. I tried to edit this down a little bit, uh, but L made some extremely good points, so I wanted to leave a lot of this in. So strap in, everybody. All right, I'm strapped. Listening to 14, uh, episode 14, season 14, episode 18, and I'm realizing the similarities between Jack not being able to control himself and his emotions and lashing out and killing Mary and Dean's reaction and lashing out against Kaz. I feel like Dean's anger issues throughout the entire show are rooted in his mom's death when he was a kid and everything that resulted from that. So it feels pretty poetic that they'd use little baby boy Jack lashing out and hurting Mary to circle it back around and illustrate Dean's own scared, frustrated little boy who he is when he's such a dick to the people he loves. I love Mary and wish she hadn't had to die again, but it's the climax of many of Dean's issues. And three seasons of Kaz and Mary being subtly cast in parallel and contrasting roles for Dean, and what Dean's always wanted and dreamed of since he was a child versus, in my mind, what Dean as an adult really wants and needs, an equal and a partner who loves him for who he is. Um, I like that idea. I've never really considered the idea of mary and Cass being in those roles before this is just jeremy speaking now by the way like the the idea of mary representing like what dean wants and thinks that he needs versus castiel being what he actually wants and actually yeah, needs is, is really um, interesting to me <clears throat> re- really uncomfortable with anyone writing in and making better points than i do so, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah don't start a podcast okay we've had too many very, new podcasts lately <laughs> very uncomfortable with this right now <laughs> 
Please continue. Back to L, who says, remember the circumstances under which Dean met Jack? Barry was gone, taken to the AU by Lucifer, and Castiel had been killed by Lucifer, but Dean blamed Jack for his death. Dean was dealing with losing both his mother and Castiel, and in fact, dreamt about his mom burning on the ceiling at the beginning of season 13, episode one, and then burned Castiel's body at the end of the episode. While Sam gave Jack more more of the benefit of the doubt because of his own projection, Dean was compared to John during this arc, but ultimately ended up growing to trust Jack, and he considered him family really as soon as he resurrected Castiel. Not that he didn't love Jack for who he was, but I think ultimately he trusted Jack because of Cass. Because he resurrected him, because Cass believed in him, because he saw Castiel in Jack, and because he wanted them to be a family and Castiel to have a reason to stay. And in the same way that in season 13, he seemed to move on from Mary's supposed death when Castiel was resurrected, only for him to lash out as soon as he knew she was still alive <clears throat> when he pointed the gun in Kaya's face, which was one of our big sticking points about that episode. Mm. <clears throat> he again probably feels like he knew... Whoa, whoa, whoa. He again probably feels like his love and trust, specifically towards Castiel, and letting himself be happy and comfortable has distracted him away, kept him from protecting his mother again. That's one interpretation. And we are halfway through this, so just strap in, everybody. I'm strapped, bro. I told you. We can also remember that Castiel is a creature, and Mary's death is the reason that Destiel... Excuse me, that Dane... Jesus Christ, Jeremy. You you bragged on me being able to read, and now I am so self-conscious about it that I can sorry, barely stand I got, myself. I got you I'm in your to, head about I, it. Dude, I am about I'm to sorry. crawl out of this room and leave my skin behind. Um... <laughs> We can also remember that Castiel is a creature, and Mary's death is the reason Dean was raised to distrust and hunt creatures, along with just the fear of being truly himself and opening himself up to letting anyone love him. Of course, everything he's doing and the way he's acting towards Castiel is awful, but it would be. It's fear and self-hatred ultimately directed at Castiel. If his mother is dead again, he can't let himself love Cass because of that fear that he's had since a child of losing the person he loves. It's the source of all of his worst self-sabotaging traits. It feels like a pretty realistic betrayal of grief and trauma that Dean, after experiencing his worst trauma again in a way that he now feels partially responsible for, that he would be an asshole and push Castiel away. And I love that it's Mary and it's Cass in the final boss battle of Dean Winchester trauma, his past <laughs> and his future. If I could complain about something about the storyline, it would be probably that Sam's relating to Jack and his yellow-eyed freakishness and then soullessness wasn't explored more before or after Mary's death and Sam's own feeling of self-blame and self-forgiveness for both of her deaths. I feel like there's a lot that could have been delved into there. Mm. But the Destiel relationship drama being such a hinge point going into the final season of the show is still amazing to me, even two years later, and I could never be anything but thrilled about it. It makes it feel like the beating heart of the show in a way that I never would have anticipated. P.S. I can't believe you guys didn't mention Castiel saying we are in a family. I didn't want to lose that. And P.P.S. Congrats on reaching the final season. It's a real accomplishment, and y'all are rock stars. Looking forward to it and whatever comes next. Um, I don't know if either of you can have had a similar experience to what I'm about to share, but this feels a lot like when I, you know, when I was in college, I went to a small college. I was an English major. The literature department is very small. So there was a close, you know, 10, 15 of us in each of these classes. We knew each other well. When we were discussing a novel, we'd have, you know, pretty open dialogue, right? You know, so a lot of times, you know, I'd, I'd offer something up. Here's my two minute uh, a thesis on what's going on in this chapter. Here's how I break it down. And then somebody across the class will be like, yes, I love that. And then they would say their opinion and it would be 15 times more thought out um, and better explained than anything I could have ever said. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> That's fair. Um, 
I think it's a, there's a lot of interesting points in there. Um, no, for sure. There's for a sure. lot of there's a lot of really like in depth views as or view through the lens of the Destiel relationship that I think that Chris, you and I had never really picked up on on the podcast. Specifically, that the st- the kind of comparing and contrasting the roles of Mary Winchester and Castiel in Dean's life and how that reflects on the trauma and all this other stuff. Um, just really interesting. So I wanted to read all of yeah, that definitely. stuff out. Um, yeah. So thank you. I hope I'm saying L and not it's not Ellie because I would feel really bad about that. So apologies in advance if I got that wrong. But thank you for uh, writing. I, I, yeah, I tried to give the show the benefit of the doubt a lot of times because I often think if there's something that doesn't make sense to me, someone smarter will explain it like that. I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that that's good writing. That's fine. This is you know we you do this kind of a fan interaction can be can be really positive with stuff like this. People giving um s- strong opinionated interpretations of scenes that you didn't like can sometimes be like oh okay i didn't see it that way you know um it, it is actually very helpful mm-hmm. um so this next one comes from Ankesborg. i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong well she, she, um, they put in an aka there so <laughs> aka duckbird yeah. thank you for that um <laughs> as we have discussed my reading comprehension is low um they write hi i hope you've had a chance to watch uh moira for this question we have and i said that wrong as well right moria moriah i would go moriah but i really don't know for sure so anyway uh for this question we have is it a deal breaker if your boyfriend tries to murder your kid or is that a difference (laughs) in parenting styles that you can work through you know in most situations i'm gonna say yeah it's probably a deal breaker but you know the winchester castillo situation my my, my follow-up question would be have you seen hannibal if not you should maybe check that out oh sure um i really appreciate your take on the season so far though i'm still frustrated with dean's character in the last few seasons it helps to see where he's coming from but at a point i just got sick of his shit you know uh it would help if he actually got called on it maybe if sam kicked him out of the bunker sent him to therapy or an AA meeting or something have dean show remorse rather than let dean's moods rule the bunker or better yet let sam do some of the angry stuff i miss angry sam actually same uh maybe it's because that anger doesn't seem that anger doesn't seem so abusive when the other brother pushed back more or because angry Sam and chill Dean both had other sides to them to balance them out. Uh, but it works better for me that angry Dean and comms, it works better for me than angry Dean and calm Sam. Um, anyway, the Jack stuff rubbed me the wrong way, but that might also uh, have to do with seeing his basic issues um, as a two-year-old issue rather than a monster soulless issue. Poor kid just wants to be good. Um, indoctrinate him mr rogers park him in front of sesame street put him in in timeout in the malik box when he kills snakes and and sucky nicks and thanks for trying to pronounce my swedish nonsense name last time i tried again this time apparently i never considered that some poor sap might have to uh when i picked it so please call me duckberg or something love your show i look forward to it every week i can't believe you're going into the final season i can't believe it either oh it's a surprise um i think that all of this like i kind of agree with um, as far as, you know, just, just being frustrated with Dean, uh, a little bit throughout this whole thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's a vibe for season mm-hmm. 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More angry Sam would balance that out. I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So thank you, Duckburg for writing in. <laughs> yes. Sorry for butchering all of that. Um, okay. Uh, Walt Shipman. Every time. Friend, friend of the show, Walt Shipman. Friend of the show. <laughs> Hello again, hunks. I just finished listening to your episode covering Absence, the Mary is Dead one, and had a few actual thoughts to send in. First, Jeremy talked a bit about Dean's anger outbursts and Sam's reaction. Jeremy went Jeremy went far enough as to call it emotionally manipulative, and that kind of stuck with me. It's obvious that we're not supposed to like this behaviour in Dean, 
but I also wonder what you guys think about this being intended to come across as toxic or abusive. I actually kind of like the idea of trying to explore different shades of the family theme of the show, and Dean could definitely fall into that fight-hard-love-hard brand of toxic. Just an idea. Mm. Uh, The reason I wonder if it's intentional or not has to do with my second note, which is that I think the thing you guys bump, uh, bump on most often with the show, as do I, is its ability to portray and handle trauma. Bad shit happens to these characters all the time, but partially because of the show's need to maintain a rough status quo, and partially because of the limitations of the writing, trauma never seems to believably last in Supernatural. I would have actually been really interested in Nick's character had they had the ability to realistically depict the damage that being possessed by the actual devil did to him. Similarly, the boys seem to routinely move past horrific shit, or have it literally deleted from their memories unnaturally quickly all the time at this point in the show. I guess what I'm asking is if you guys find this an actual weakness of the show. Would we enjoy it more if the Winchesters suffered realistically, or do we watch Supernatural for the big, broad emotions? And if so, is the split between the show's subtler moments and its broader ones part of, uh, part of why we tend to at uh, tend to at something like Dean's rage as uh, tend to see something like Dean's rage as an inconsistency rather than an intentional comment on something? Sorry, this was a heavy one. Thanks as always for the show and the laughs and the great talks. I'm very much looking forward to hearing your thoughts on season 15 and whatever comes next for Monster of the Week. Carry on, Walt Shipman. <laughs> I, um, you know, I think we've said in the past, I wish that the Winchesters would reference past events more frequently. Um, they will vaguely allude to things and instead of going into specific detail. And every time that they do kind of like make a specific callback to something, I eat it up. I love that stuff. Um, and I understand that a lot of these shows back in 2005 you know and and the years after where they don't want to do that because they want to make sure that for the most part if you miss an episode you're still good to come back and and watch it uh the next week you know um but then we had you know dvr we have netflix now everybody has access to these things so i wish that that's a broad statement but i i wish that they would make the show i don't know have more callbacks be more like self-involved with that not necessarily that i need the characters to remain traumatized all the time you know we do need them to like keep going in order for them to still hunt monsters or whatever Um, but i wish that there was more connectivity sometimes between past events and and the current goings on it's um this is a debate that happens in video games sometimes where people talk about wanting quote-unquote mature games um, like famously, this was the big debate after Wind Waker came out, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker came out and people thought that it was like a kid's version of Zelda. And I, I feel like this is what to, for Supernatural to, to be able to go through and deal with a lot of the trauma and sadness that you would have to have a much more mature show. Like you'd have to have it be, you'd have to separate it from being the soap opera that it is. Like it's 20 something episodes where they want anybody to be able to kind of jump in and pick it up from where they left off. And it's just two different goals. And I think the issue that Supernatural mm-hmm. has is that, you know, if you look at this other CW shows, like specifically the the DC universe stuff like Arrow or Flash, they've dealt with some real trauma before. But also I think Arrow only lasted eight seasons, right? So there's a there's an mm-hmm. aspect of this where you just didn't have to think about the characters anymore. Like there just wasn't enough canon for them to collapse under. And I think that's what happens with Supernatural a lot where these characters have done so much and gone through so much that when you start listing out, it sounds like a Rick and Morty bit. Like it just sounds like you're just talking nonsense at people. And I I think for the show to really, really get into the, the trauma 
and to really deal with it, you need a more mature approach to it. And I'm not talking like, oh, now they can say fuck and show tit, right? Like I'm talking about like <laughs> we're going to we're going to legit like sit down and we're going to plan the season out and we're going to have them deal with all of this stuff that we need them to deal with and we're not going to concern ourselves with a monster of the week. Or if we do, it's going to be something that parallels specifically what we're doing. Um, th- that's that's my opinion on it. I mean, I, I can I don't know that people want a, su- a, a supernatural show like that, right? Like I'll be, mm-hmm. I, maybe people just absolutely don't. But CW certainly didn't want to make that at any point in time. So this is what right. we have now, which is what, why it feels like the characters can be on like running on hamster wheels sometimes and not actually moving forward. And every once in a while, they they get up a little bit on that hamster wheel. They get to running fast, and then they just drift back down again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, You know, part of that maybe is just, I don't know. I think they reached a certain point where they got comfortable, obviously, with just the production of the show itself. But comfortable in the fact that it'll probably be back next season. You know, at a certain point, they just said, yeah, do it as long as you want to do. Whereas, you know, earlier on, they had to be so intense about everything because they didn't know if they were back next year. Um, that's just a random thought that popped into my head, but yeah. Anyway, Amory, you have yeah, something. I think the big, bro- the big broad emotions thing, I think, is actually pretty astute. Like, I think it is more of a case that you do watch it for slightly less um, thinky emotions. Uh, like, I-, I don't know how much I could stand of uh, like Winchester therapy, but little notes, um, like uh, like Pamela showing up in Dean's um, dream. Little notes like that mm-hmm. um, that remind you how much they've gone through um, really work on me in a broader sense. Like that kind of, oh, Dean liked her and was sad that she died is enough trauma yeah, for me. Right, I don't know that right. I'd, I'd need more. <laughs> I really think that um, that when Supernatural does exactly that, it's super successful at it. Like when it goes for those mm-hmm. broad strokes and it wins it, it's only really when you're doing a dumbass podcast and drilling into like, you're spending 20 minutes on a four minute scene that you really start <laughs> teasing out like the weird stuff. Or if you spend a lot of time, yeah. like thinking about it, like really, really intently thinking about how all of these things tie together, that, that, that those, the seams start cracking a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think I'm next. Thank you, Walt Shipman. Yes. Um, next up is Cade. Uh, holy shit! I read that as I read that as Cade. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that, so I'll just stick with Cade. <laughs> <laughs> um, holy shit! It's been less than a month, and I actually caught up. I was a bit sad when there was no next episode, but I remembered you guys watched Doctor Horrible, so I'm looking forward to that. Did you? There's 400 hours of this show. I think. Tell me you didn't re- um, listen to all of that in a month. I got to stop right so now and see how many hours we can, have because that is. You can put it on put on one point five speed. <laughs> oh, don't do that either. I can't. I don't even talk. Anyway, we're getting off topic. When I was younger, I used to write a bunch of character analysis and really dove into Dean, but I never did one on Sam. While I didn't hate him, I did dismiss him. After listening to quote "You mind wiped my mom" during season thirteen and hearing your discussion on how the writers failed Sam, it made me think on why I never wrote about him, especially when I had serious things in common with this character. I realized I couldn't connect with Sam because the writers rarely sat with his trauma or made it less significant, or made excuse me, made it seem significant, which lessened his impact on me as a character. It wasn't fair to him at all because he went through so much serious shit that deserved to be explored or at the very least respected enough to be reasons for his decision making and not just plot back from his self-harm to stay present being treated as the incompetent or weaker younger sibling through the way he's having his own accomplishments his trauma and lingering fear of lucifer not having his own agency when he was often trapped by being told quote this is your fate all of this is taken so lightly and sacrificed to move the plot in specific directions it also occurred to me as i honed in on the impact of john's abuse on dean but not sam 
I often reasoned at least Sam had a parent in Dean growing up. And also it often felt like Sam was over it or just unaffected. However, you brought attention to something I missed the scene where Sam flinched as Dean yelled and threw something. Sam usually mocked left or fought back against Dean when Dean showed any Johnisms, but I don't remember him ever flinching. As I rewatched the episode, that fleeting involuntary reaction struck a chord in me. Regardless of what was written, that small move read like Sam's inner child associating the moment with the memory, which makes his character feel more real. And now I'm sorry for my Sam neglect. I wanted to show some love for the... Wanted to show some love for the road so far and the outtakes. For a few reasons, I skip a lot of season nine on rewatches, and I thought I might skip the MOTW eps that covered parts of that season as well. In the end, I decided to listen and try to get something more positive to associate with that season. And while it still brought negative feelings, your outtakes were like healing fluff after reading angst-filled fic. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are awesome and very much appreciated. Um, I, I like a lot of that, like that, that, that moment where Sam flinches and there's a couple of it in in the season, um, really, really struck a chord in me as well. So I wanted to, to kind of read through all of this, especially as someone like, Oh, like maybe they aren't dealing with it. But if I think about the character as a person in my mind, maybe he is. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, Sam, you know, my poor boy, Sam, I think that, you know, Jared is doing his best to try and like put stuff on Sam's face that isn't in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them next season, but I, I would love it for them to be both, both be main characters again. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the most interesting Sam moment is when he gets like a proper concussion this season. Yeah. That felt weird. That was like, yeah. oh, you, you're going to, we're doing it now. Ambulance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So he's, he's got a problem. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris, All right. you were up. This next one comes from Liz. My dear friends, I have listened to over 109 episodes of Monster of the Week, and never in my life have I considered the possibility of writing into y'all to make a comment. But I have come to this point. When one hears the words, not blood over, <laughs> what feels like 1,000 times, one must either admit defeat or join in. So this is me joining in. You both are hilarious people and have made me realize that this show is once again part of me. I have cried, laughed, and questioned my way through this content. Thank you for that. Take my money, my shipping, and my newfound love for Sam. Perfect. I, I regret or um i don't know i i'm here to inform you that i think not blooding season is over but never counted out you know we, it came back a little bit when jack was nodding blood um but it's it's hard to reproduce outside of the moment you know the nut blood era was a was a strong defiant moment of my life and um you know we can't we sometimes we have to let things go as bittersweet as they are chris i um i, I saw this <laughs> comment and i realized that we didn't put a nut blood joke in the season 15 theme so i i wrote our our longtime producer Banshee beat and said, "Do I still have time to change the lyrics, or has our vocalist already recorded?" And Dylan said, "No, she, she has not recorded yet. You still have time." And I have put a nut blood joke into the season fifteen theme. So very good, very good. Very <laughs> I just good. wanted to let you know that the season immortalize it forever. Yeah, got it. You got to immortalize it forever. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, thank you, Liz. Yeah, think yes. before you tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Think what's happened. Um, okay, anonymous via Tumblr. Ooh. I feel like this is the first time we've got an anonymous write in. It's the it's the first time that we've had it on the um, which on the on the feedback episode. We get these all the time on Tumblr, but we we never they've never made it here. So I see, I see. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Hey, I have a question. In season fourteen, episode sixteen, Jack mentions that they have movie night on Tuesdays, and he has seen a Lost Boys thirty six times because of Dean. What movies would the other supernatural characters pick? Also, what movie would you pick to watch 36 times? Mm, Fellowship of the Ring. 
Sneakers. You might be in, in good company with Sam there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's it. I say Fellowship because I always, that's the one I rewatch the most, and I don't always find the time to do Two Towers and Return of the King. Um, you know, it's tw- it, it is 12 hours, so it's qu- it is it is a, an ordeal. But so Fellowship is always, at least always gets that rewatch for me. So that's my Tuesday night pick. And we're staying up late those Tuesday nights because, you know, it's a long movie. Yeah, I uh, like, yeah. I, I think that um, Dean is Lost Boys. Uh, I think I, I think Castiel would not understand the assignment. I think that he would bring a different movie every time. Um, he just would yes. not get the, like he just doesn't have the capacity <laughs> to watch a movie twice. It's like I've already seen it. I have every part of it memorized. I'm good. Like I don't yeah. need to see it again. I don't know why we're watching them over and over all the time. Um, Sam is obviously Lord of the Rings of some form or fashion. Dean is a Lost Boys. For me personally, it would be Sneakers, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Jeremy loves sneakers. Everybody knows. Know. Everybody knows that on this podcast because I talk about it incessantly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, if I could find thirty six people to show Velocipasta to, that would be the experience. <laughs> sure. Okay, that's um, good. I don't, couldn't watch it by myself thirty six times. I'd start to like question my motivation, but sure, 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 sharing sure. that is a beautiful experience. I feel like we have enough new people on the Discord that we should we should propose it for another Hunky Sunday again because. You know, we've we've everyone that wants to see it has seen it on the Discord, but we have like a bunch of people that have not been exposed yet. So we should we should quickly expose them to it. I've I've never seen it. So. Oh, there you go. You should join a Hunky Sundays every once in a while, Chris. God damn, you're not catching me doing anything on a Sunday night. But I, in, I I'm <laughs> tentatively interested. Okay, okay, it's fair. Um, next up is me. Oh no, I lost my place. You wrote in. Wow, how yes. awesome. <laughs> Friend of the show, Jeremy Greer. <laughs> with a prepared statement uh this is from carolyn aka at sheba chase on twitter hi chris and jeremy i've been thinking about writing with feedback for your end season end of season episodes for a while now i really regret not sending in my thoughts about the british men of letters arc from a british perspective i had a lot to say about that so finally here's some of my thoughts about season 14 i wanted to focus on the boys roles as dads in season 14 full disclosure i love castiel and i always wish we could talk more about his role in the story a bit more but especially when it comes to the whole story arc of jack and quote-unquote family jack calls all three of castiel dean and sam his dad and i think each of them has an important role and can offer him something unique and special that he needs as a father figure for me though it's castiel who shows the unwavering unconditional love for jack as truly his family castiel is jack's dad jack chose him as his father so castiel cannot accept the solution that dean sees of manipulating and leaving jack in the malik box to remove him from the world he will not give up on jack and is taking action to save him despite everything jack has done castiel who started out as the angel who wouldn't show emotion excuse me couldn't show emotion and should have followed what through with whatever action was necessary is the one who chooses family over everything he learned that from dean and sam by watching and experience what the winchesters do it's ironic that dean and sam themselves don't do that despite all their talk of jack being part of their family when it came right down to it in episode 19 anyway they are prepared to sacrifice jack to save everyone while castiel the angel is not dean couldn't get past jack killing mary but castiel could because jack really was his son maybe the closest family castiel has ever had next to dean and sam themselves what are your thoughts about each of the boys roles as fathers in season 14 and where that leaves them as co-parents at the end of the season carolyn um well first off jack is dead at the end of season 14 so there's (laughs) there's no there's no there's no worried about them being co-parents anymore um we've talked a lot about this 
I don't know we have to go all into depth about it, but I just really like the idea. I like the like the kind of reinforcement of Castiel uh like being one true dad. He's the one true the dad. The one true dad, the OTD. Um and also because uh Carolyn throughout this says Dean and Sam instead of Sam and Dean. And I don't know if that's a British thing or a Carolyn thing, but it was really, really weird and I and I like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny we get used to saying it one way. All right. This next one comes from Riley. Um, and they say, I was surprised how content I was with Mary's departure. I, I'm, I was surprised how happy I was when that bitch died. No, <laughs> I was surprised how content I was with Mary's departure. I'd really grown to love her across the last few seasons. But the episode after she died, actually, having um, having a wake for once, everyone remembering their time with her uh, and noting that she is happy in heaven was was really satis- was a really satisfying send-off for me. Combined with the 300th episode, Sam getting to say... the. F- the words that were never said with John. I think the season did a good job of putting a bow on the Winchester parents ahead of the final season that their story is done and we don't need to do something really silly, like make a prequel series. <laughs> Finally, I'm curious what your favorite and least favorite send offs for a recurring character in supernatural is. Um, yeah, they definitely put a, put a bow on it. I think we were both sort of felt like they had already done that previously with John, but I think they did a, still did a good job, even if it was rehashing uh, in this season. So yeah, no more, no more Winchester parents, please. Um, I don't know. Uh, least favorite departure is Charlie because Easy. it just feels like yeah, yeah. literally like like just like it dumped on the side of a road. Like I mean, she's not literally, but it feels that way. It just feels like she was discarded in a really gross way. Um, she didn't have like an epic death. It's just really sad and and like kind of like too close to reality with i don't know it was just, it just feels gross and icky um i'm having a favorite departure i, I have know. a real hard time coming up with favorite departure and the only one that i can come up with is literally death because it was such a shock when dean did it mm. that i was i was just just so surprised by it so i mean i don't it doesn't count as a departure but i like when sam jumps in the hole i was like bye Thanks. <laughs> 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 uh, um i mean bobby yeah. bobby's death because they hadn't toyed with Bobby much before that, it feels like, and he just gets like he gets shot in the head, you know. Um, if they had never brought Bobby back, like with as a ghost or um, alternate universe Bobby, which I don't have, really have a problem with those things, but I feel like that would have been like the most like the realest for the TV show Supernatural death. Um, he is their surrogate father, their really close friend, somebody who's been with them since the beginning of the show. We lost him in this big way. Um, that was also kind of very human you know it wasn't sam jumping into hell or dean sacrificing himself um it was just like he captures a bullet and it sucks and it's just like the boys have to grieve him and so that that one is it's really heavy but it's very beautiful in, in a way hey marie do you got one um of you? yeah I, favorite is a strange word to say yeah, because yeah. like they never it's never fun but um i for a character i wasn't incredibly invested in kevin's death um got me in season eight mm. i think um that somehow feels like the end of like whatever innocence the show had left uh when you get to see sam uh, or gadriel just oh, like yeah. toast yeah. their friend and then it's that video he sends afterwards um he's left them like a video message on their email where he says like if you're getting this i must be dead and it's your fault you guys got me into this this is a <laughs> huge piece of shit move for you <laughs> Um, that one really did affect me. <laughs> I forgot about the the mm-hmm. real, the just I mean just the ultimate fucking shit, fuck you <laughs> video message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did them a favor as well. He was giving them the thing like that's yeah. so you oh, know they man. felt that. Oh, dude, that that's so. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm like, because I guess it's so horrible. 
Uh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, I, I think my favorite send off would probably be death. Uh, my least favorite easily is is Charlie. Um, Mary is probably mixed in there somewhere. Um, one of the multiple times that she dies. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, of everybody. Um, what happened to uh? What was the woman's name from season three? Uh, Diana, Bella, Bella, Bella. Bella? Yeah. yeah, did she die? Bella, uh- I think she just kind of kind of got written off the show. Yeah, yeah they. Um, I know they had the like writer leave- strike and everything. I was just I can't remember if she died because I, I always thought she would be a lot of fun on the show if we had more of her. They. So. I remember reading like this is this mm-hmm. is back when I was like in high school that the fans really hated Bella. Um, I always loved her, but um, yeah, I think she she has like she, we found out in like the episode before she dies that she sold her soul and then the Hellhounds show That's up. That's okay. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Amory, you're up. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ilsa, thank you very much for providing a pronunciation guide to your name. <laughs> Hi, Chris and Jeremy. I just wanted to send you a note to say thank you for your creepy but incredibly, incredibly necessary podcast. I'm not caught up to the podcast at all, but I've been racing through Supernatural at a blistering pace. Started watching it in March of this year, and I'm now on season 13. If this sounds deeply unwell to you, that's because it is. We're all deeply unwell. <laughs> that's okay. Yes. It's all good. Boy. 2020, 2021 have taken it out of us. <laughs> anyway, this is all to say that today I listened to the outtakes, which I don't usually do on account of racing through content, and it made my day feel a little better. I've been having a hard time lately, and sitting at work makes me very stressed out, so it was very nice to just hear friendly people talk and enjoy each other's company. It made me feel just a little more like a person, and that's in short supply these days. Also, a big thank you for offering an alternative to talking to my friends about Supernatural. They do not watch Supernatural, they will not watch Supernatural. <laughs> I do still do that, but less than I would otherwise. I also stand in my kitchen and argue with your podcast sometimes while I cook. Hope you guys are doing great and all the best, Elsa. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you, Elsa. Uh, I wanted I wanted to mention I wanted to include this one because a lot of people write in with the same kind of thing, and like obviously the last couple of years have been super hard. Right now is still super hard on a lot of people. Um, the idea of making anybody's day better is so amazing and mm-hmm. awesome to me that I, I i know i've said it a bunch on the podcast and i'll probably continue to do it i just i'm humbled and floored by it so thank you so much yes thank you that always means a lot to us it um you know that always makes my day better it's so weird we say it again and again i listen to podcasts i form attachments and then define that people have done that with our podcast it's very beautiful makes me feel good agreed um so thank you um, for writing in yes thank you next up is uh runa at um, a bunch of numbers and letters for her Twitter name. So I'm just going to, excuse me, run past that. (laughs) Hey guys, I found a short video about you on Tumblr this February, right after I binged Supernatural and started binging the podcast as well. I have to say it helped me through a rough finish of my studies at one university. So thank you for being cool friends, constantly talking to me so I wouldn't have to overthink the real life. Season 14 is the first I've been listening to week by week, and I finally understand how you sometimes struggle to remember what's been going on in the show. Despite the (laughs) chaos, I would try to put out two thoughts on this season. Number one, what happened to Chief Sam? I was so happy to finally see character development that made sense, and they took it away. Rude. And number two... R.I.P. Chief Sam. R.I.P. Chief Sam. Number two, Jack should have more friends his age. Just like a bunch of two-year-olds. Just Jack at a a daycare (laughs) center. Uh, (laughs) Just like the Lebanon teens episode with less accidental stabbing. I think a lot of issues could be avoided if he spent time hanging out with some normal people. Oh, and while I appreciated the father and son interactions he had with Castiel, I wish there had been more soft, lighthearted moments for the two of them. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on season 15 because I remember liking it up until a certain 
point, weird, more than the few previous seasons. Finally, I have some questions that each of you can answer if you find them interesting enough. Um, number one, pick one or more characters and describe what your ideal ending for them would be. Uh, my character is Rowena, and I think that she should take over the world. That is, that's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, pick one or more characters. Mm, uh, I don't know. Jeez. Uh, uh, <laughs> Charlie, not in a bucket bathtub. Yeah, well, that's number two. That was going to be my number two, which is if you could bring anyone oh, back okay. on Supernatural from the dead, who would it be? <laughs> yeah, Charlie. And this time it would be in a, a, a underground swimming pool. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Instead of a bathtub. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, Charlie. Just bring Charlie back. That's all I'm saying here. That's my answer for this. Amber, you've, you've seen the season 15 finale, right? Like, you've, you're finished with the show. Yeah, okay. I finished with the show. So this is a this is maybe a weird one, but uh, like, I guess pick one a character that you don't know the ending to. <laughs> I, um, don't know, I don't know yeah. how you do this. Um, ideal ending: Amara shuts it down. Um, universe mm. over. Pack Perfect. it in. Mm-hmm. I love Enough. It. Perfect. Perfect. Um, if you could bring anyone back on Supernatural from the dead or someone who is alive and not interacting more, who would it be? I think Charlie is my answer right right away. Uh, Chris, I think yeah. you said Charlie. Amory, do you have one of these? Mm-hmm. Um, we already got so many people back with like the alternate universe stuff that would have been my choices. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of complicated. Like my instinct is to say Bobby, but we we have Bobby. Yeah, um, yeah. Not a real Bobby. Bring back, um, bring back Jacked Sam. Jacked Sam. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when he was just fucking huge. <laughs> I'd love it if like they managed to pull Ash back in on the last season at some point. I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Ash again one more time. I thought big Ash guy. Yeah, yeah. Huge huh? Ash guy over here. Um, <laughs> what? What's he up to? Is he still in heaven? Uh, Got to be right. Uh, which character would you invite for dinner? Not as a date, just like a party for people who don't like crowds. I feel like your answer once again could be could be Ash. <laughs> like a party for people who don't like crowds. You just invite one person over. It's completely yeah. platonic. It's a two-person party. Um, Let's get after it. I, I would invite Castiel. I feel like he'd be very low-key, kind of talk to him about whatever, and he would just roll with it. Um, he'd be fascinated by, you know, mundane things maybe. Um Dean or Sam, I might just get too intense one on one with those guys. You know, um, take them as a pair, not one on one. I don't know; it's a little sticky. So, so if, me and me and Cass. If Castiel came to your house, um, yeah. the current place that you live, right, and you invited him in, you have dinner uh-huh. prepared. It's like the roast is in the oven. It's going to be another thirty minutes. So you're having cocktails, um, and you're like, "Hey, would you like a tour of the place?" And you take him up upstairs, and you're you're kind of showing him around. Sure, sure, sure. Um, at one, what do you think he's going to ask about first? The manga or the anime figs or the video he's gonna games? He's going to ask about. He's going to ask about the the anime figs, and I, I think he might be too polite to ask. But I would say, ah, I see. Uh, Kakashi Sensei has caught your eye. Let me explain. <laughs> um, and I would, I would definitely lean into it as much as I possibly could. Okay, perfect. I tell him all their names, <laughs> everything about them. Hey, Marie, you're up. What's, what would your answer to this be? And the only character I can think of where there's evidence of them like being able to have a normal one is Mary. Um, I like I love her just like hanging out in her cabin, getting drunk and like fighting pumpkins. So probably Mary. She seems yeah. like yeah. chill. Yeah, she's a normal. Yeah, she's a normal one. Um, yeah, she's mine would probably be Jody. I think I think if I invited Jody oh. over for a meal, we and her would have a, a good time. Like I think we could we can hang out together. Um, we we have both killed our own children, so I think that's something to. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Everybody hates it when I say that because it's not true. Like, I don't think she actually killed her kid or whatever, but yeah. Uh, finally, what alternative universe would you like to see the boys visit? Uh, my answer to this is the one that Chuck mentions at the end of season 14 where everything is squirrels. Okay. Um, I want to put them in like a Resident Evil world, which I think is uh, what my hope is for season 15. Just, you know, the boys trying to solve a mystery, trying not to get eaten by monsters, um, which doesn't sound much different than Supernatural. But um, that's my answer anyway. Okay. Fair. I'm trying to think what the other ones he mentioned. There's one where like everything goes in reverse. I'd be down for that. Like, okay. What does that mean? Like, I feel like it sounds like you understand that, but you don't. Like, if you actually, like, what does that actually yeah. mean? Oh. I feel like I'm going to need a YouTube explainer like I did after I watched Tenet after that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I need, I just need, like, a taste of what that's like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you, uh, Runa, for doing that. And I, did I read all those out? So it's. Chris, that was you. I believe that was you. So Chris, I think do, me do you want a, next. Do you want a shorter one? I can read, okay? I, yeah. It might be painful for all of you, but I'll get through it. Okay, um, okay. okay this one is from uh, Anna Vanessa. Uh, and Anna writes, I started listening back in January when I got COVID, hope you're feeling better, and decided it was a good time to start rewatching Supernatural from the beginning. My friend recommended your podcast, and I am so glad she did. You guys have made me laugh so much and have made my rewatch so much more enjoyable. This year has been pretty tough, having moved to a city where I don't know anyone and not being able to see my family. I've always clung to Supernatural and the fandom of, as sort of a safety blanket, and having your podcast to listen to these past few months has helped me so much to not feel as lonely you guys don't know me but please know that i consider you to my friends and wish you nothing but the best i don't even play video games but listening to your outtakes still brings me so much joy i've truly learned so much my brother is impressed with my newfound video <laughs> game knowledge Perfect. i'm very happy to help there uh anyways on to my season 14 feedback this season was really not one of my favorites this was my first time re-watching it after watching it live on tv uh, and i honestly found it better this time around i don't know if it's uh, if it was your guys commentary or just the fact that i knew what it was all building up to but it was definitely better the second time around this season had some of my favorite monster of the week episodes though the uh 1404 mint condition and 1406 optimism i still can't keep it together when i think about chris's rant about the fly monster with the bug head i watched that tiktok whatever i need to laugh man that that was a whole whole bug head, man. Uh, season 14 finale was probably my favorite finale since season 8. I remember being so pumped for season 15 after that premiered. Uh, I don't want to spoil season 15 for you guys, but I'm just going to say maybe, like season 14, I'll like it better on the rewatch. Fair enough. On to the Destiel of it all. I am a huge shipper, and yes, <laughs> I did keep up with Supernatural all those years, mostly because I was just holding on to hope that they would finally make it canon. So this season was really hard for me to watch, especially the last few episodes. Now that I have hindsight, I think it's a really smart move on the writer's part to break down Dean and Cass's relationship this way. For so long, Cass's main driving force was the Winchesters, mainly Dean, and giving him a new purpose in becoming a father and rearranging his priorities was necessary for his final character development. It also gave uh, it also gives Cass the opportunity to finally stand up for himself and what he believes in. Or maybe the writers needed to make Cass as unhappy as possible to push off having to deal with the implications of Cass's empty deal. Again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but Cass's final arc is one of my favorite things on the show ever, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys think of season 15. Anna. P.S. Chris, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Yay. Hearing uh, about it brought me so much genuine joy. I'm sending you all the good vibes, and I wish both of you the best. Thank you very much. That's very sweet. Awesome. Thank you for all of that. Yeah, I think that's yes, thank you so much. Yeah, some some good feedback all over the place. Um, I totally forgot about that deal that Casper. Yeah, yeah, that's grim. Yeah, it's, it's it's there's there's a there's a cloud hanging over somewhere. So yeah, 
Boy. Okay. Um, Simone. I assume this is Simone. It's also a Sam one. Yeah. Uh, it's Simone. Simone. This is former Simone. guest of the show, friend of the show. Um, all all around great person, Simone. Season twelve guest. I think it was season twelve. You fucking got me. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> it all it blurs. It all blurs. <laughs> I remember that. That was fun. Okay. Hello, boys. I tried again. That's um, good. I think you, I, you did a great job. Nailed it. <laughs> um, overall, I thought season 14 was pretty good. I thought Michael, besides Abaddon, was the only other supernatural villain to truly strike fear into my heart. Well, I mean, in seasons 4 to 5, Lucifer. I was overall kind of mad on the way Michael was going about things until, uh, like you guys, the episode Nihilism, where he kind of breaks down his plans for us and we go inside Dean's head. Amazing episode, in my opinion, by the way. I enjoyed the Donatello, Sister Joe, Duma content we got. The 300th episode was amazeballs, and the season finale to 14, mainly the very last scene or two, just, holy crap, gold. Um, <laughs> P.S. Hearing you guys' takes on Dean's reactions to Mary dying was super refreshing. I'm typically Team Dean, and even I couldn't justify the amount of anger directed at Cass, or some of his behaviour going forward. So it was nice and interesting to hear how you guys could relate and understand some of his actions. And one of the reasons I love Cass is the amount of patience he has for Dean. But anyways, glad you guys don't hate Dean, and if you do, just hang on. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> we hate don't you. hate Dean. I know I sound yeah. like no. I do, but I don't. <laughs> Not at all. I like Dean more um, in some ways after this season, because the whole Jack thing is so interesting. Yeah, same. Yes, definitely. Uh, thank you, Simone. Uh, next up is Deirdre at uh, Deirdreel on Twitter. Dear Chris and Jeremy, thank you very much for everything you've put into Monster of the Week. The podcast and Discord have been perfect for me during the pandemic. It was bittersweet to catch up because I couldn't binge anymore, but I've been enjoying watching alongside you in Season 14. I'm excited for the end game and whatever comes next. My question, if each of you had a supernatural... If each of you had to pick a supernatural monster or being to be, which would you pick and why? Mm. Mm. In most situations, I'm going to choose vampire. Okay. Um, Ooh, these are bad vampires. You would have to like buy a bunch of shitty clothing and go so hang that's, out. So that's some... the thing is like supernatural vampires like hang out in warehouses. They don't live in, um, you know, abandoned churches or you know yeah. regal mansions. They're just like in dingy. They wear biker jackets, which nothing gets biker jackets. But if you're a vampire, I just feel like you have to wear. Once again, a cape. If I'm a vampire, I'm wearing a cape. You know what? I'm I'm going to be a vampire in Supernatural, and I'm going to change things. Oh, okay. I'm going to be the change Perfect. that I want to see in the world. That's going to be me. I'm going to up the fashion. I'm going to, because I'm going to, the alpha vamp, even he, you know, he just wore a suit and had long nails, but I'm I'm different. I'm built different as a vampire <laughs> in Supernatural. So, um. I, um, because of the episode where they come into our universe, uh, technically Jensen Ackles is a being in Supernatural, and I would just choose to be Jensen Ackles. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be one of those bughead guys no no no, i think i'll go jensen i think i think jensen's okay like as long as i don't i don't i don't want his kids or anything i just want i want me yeah that's a whole lot of responsibility yeah yeah, i don't don't want any of his responsibility i don't want to be on the boy season three i don't want to have to go free that i don't want to have to like have a lot of followers on instagram i just want to be jensen ackles even for a couple of days would be okay so yeah yeah. be cool just to figure out what's going on you know what i mean (laughs) he could drop off the grid right now i bet he could just like you could just not see Jensen for a month. I think he'd be okay. I think he would. Yeah. Absolutely. You could probably drop that dude in a desert and he would come out of it like better looking than he left it when he, when he came in. <laughs> uh, I was scrabbling for an answer, but then um, I think actually the, the siren, um, because everyone oh, yeah. just like, automatically likes them. 
Imagine True. that just like everyone loves you immediately. That's great. That's yeah. You don't even have to super, kill anyone. Super into you. I don't know. I always thought that killing them was kind of part of it, but I thought, you know, depending on your disposition, that could be a good thing. I don't remember what the siren actually wanted. Um but I remember I know that, that he Dean just like just watched the drama, <laughs> right? Yeah, they just... yes. Actually Dean Siren did end up just watching them have drama. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite scenes of Supernatural of all time because it's got that dude um from True Blood actually speaking of vampires just like when they go they start going after it he just sits down like I did not expect all of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is crazy. We, you know, we see we <laughs> see the siren take down multiple victims throughout the episode. They're used to just you know regular old, you know, oh by the manifestation of your desires and now I'm going to kill you to whatever they killed people for. Uh, and then suddenly be like, "Huh, there's a whole lot there's a whole other thing going on with these guys." <laughs> I didn't know about any of this. Um so that was Deirdre. So you're up, Chris. Okay, this one is from Percy Stewart. Um, was the song to end season 14, God Was Never On Your Side by Motorhead, the best music cue since the season five finale, Rock of Ages, Def Leppard? Also, any other favorite song moments from the show? That was the song. We couldn't figure out who the hell it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good It was a really good song cue. Um, my favorite in the show is not in the Netflix version because it's season one. We've talked about it before. Um, is oh, I can't remember what episode it could be fucking bugs or something there or Bloody Mary it doesn't matter they're driving Sam and Dean driving season one uh, and Sam looks out the window and he sees Jessica's ghost um, or not her ghost but you know he sees her mm-hmm. and then uh, Laugh I Nearly Died by the Rolling Stones starts playing and that scene always like hit me like a truck especially on rewatches but unfortunately it's not on Netflix and most people have never even seen it but it's one of my favorite music cues in the show uh, I'm gonna go for the classic and the easy one, which is "O Death." It's a good one. It's great. I'm, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because it's not an actual song, but um, Chuck singing at the end of uh, episode 20 of season 11 or something that mm-hmm. gets me. That scene where um, it shouldn't work, but it does. It does. It just I don't know. I, I think they they like I like that they lean into it. Like everything's fine. It does feel like. Um, I li- they don't shy away from like yeah you know it's god god can do whatever like everyone's yeah. fine everyone's alive <laughs> um i like that it's like a nice moment after a lot of uh, a lot of harsh stuff i like that scene a lot excellent well uh thank you percy um uh, amory i believe you're up yeah okay suzanne uh dear chris and jamory uh, Jamie. Dear Chris and Jeremy, I'm going to start by saying I love this podcast and you guys. This is totally random, but I'm seven months pregnant with a child that I now refer to as Big Kicks because of the intense karate <laughs> she seems to be doing to my internal organs. Uh, Just thought you would get a kick out of that. Stay safe and thanks for keeping me super entertained for eight hours a day, Suzanne. You are oh, thank you. That's 100% really... right that we got some, some big kicks out Good of luck. That. Congratulations. <laughs> Keep on kicking. Um, up next is Sam at Sam the Happy. Hi, I love the podcast. Just wanted to say that season 14 was my favorite season from the era of Supernatural that I dubbed simply as, quote, late stage Supernatural. And hearing <laughs> you guys talk about it was both very fun because I genuinely love the season and disheartening because you brought up many faults in the era that just makes me go, oh man, they're right. Maybe I shouldn't remember season 14 as fondly as I do. Don't let us change your opinion about anything, uh-uh. y'all. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no. Don't, don't. We're just dumbasses. Like, we just, we're not. <laughs> please do not do that. If you, if, if you hear us say something and go, oh, I disagree, man, I kind of feel bad. No, just we're wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're okay, right. We're wrong. We're right. You're right. Easy. Yeah, you're right. Um, if you love this thing, continue loving it. 
For the positives, I love that this season is ultimately about family. The conflicts are all super personal, especially Jack. Supernatural is sometimes a horror show, and this season they really pushed with the concept of family as a source of horror. I especially love the way they set up Dean as the person Jack looks up to the most, only to make him turn on him in the end. For the negatives, I completely agree with the Nick criticisms of the podcast and the Dean quit crit stuff you guys have put out. Dean is really bad this season in a way that makes sense for his character, but is devastating nonetheless. He really does become the angry man in the house, doesn't he? Your podcast always makes me laugh, and it's fun to experience Supernatural again from the lens of two old guys. Excuse me? What the? Oh. <laughs> what the? I didn't read these beforehand. That's a, that's a devastating what insult. The? I cannot believe what? I've been disrespected in my own house. I am a young man. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Prime season season 15 <laughs> song, but a bit bummed to know that the supernatural era of the podcast is about to end soon. Sorry for the essay and much love, Sam. Thank you, Sam. I, Old man. I guess. <laughs> I guess. What thank podcast you. are you listening to? <laughs> Unbelievable. Much love is not the bomb it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might complain about being an old man every goddamn episode, but that does not give you the right <laughs> to point it back out. Ah, do not did not like Sam. Did not like. Um, no, you're right. We are old men. It's fine. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're up. Which one am I on? My own Chrissy. Uh, I've lost the, the document again. Yes, you were Chrissy. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello again. Oh no! Oh no! I started editing the document. Hello again. Uh, so here comes my feedback and question for you. First, I want to thank you again for a great season. It's not just the jokes that enlighten that enlighten my heart, but your accurate description of this strange feeling these final final seasons give you. Uh, now, some questions for you. I have to say, I haven't listened to the uh, finale app yet, so leaving out anything that you already answered discussed. Um, Number one, what is your biggest surprise of the season? Let's start there. Uh, Nick somehow still being alive, the death of Mary, or something else. What is the biggest surprise of this season? Um, hmm. It's a great question. Hmm. I guess it would it would really be Chuck coming back because after the I think so. Like I said, even though I had seen that scene before, it was still kind of like oh, oh shit. Um, Mary staying dead is another really big surprise that I. We said it on the podcast. I was like, "Yeah, she'll be back next episode," but we're still gonna have to deal with the fact that Jack did it when we were totally wrong. So that was a pretty that was a pretty big one right there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number two. I guess I will continue. What is the most uh, haunting look of the season? Michael with the peaky <laughs> Michael with the peaky blinders hat. Sam's Pleasantville look. Um, the one that haunts me the most is is Michael's stupid hat. Um, and it's not up for debate. You know, haunting is, is can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. I'll go, uh, since the hat is already taken, I will go with Jack's red eyes as he comes out of the Malik box. Or like that, that mm, I don't mm. remember if his eyes were red Ooh. or not, but like that whole, yeah. it was. I think there was red light behind him and his eyes were like lit up gold. Uh, extremely terrifying. Like looked fucking like, oh, we're about to, we're about to do a thing right now. <clears throat> yeah, um, makes a bit, yeah. makes a bit of Satan than, than Satan did. Mm-hmm. And wait, wait, wait. Um, okay, Amory, you, you need an answer. Oh, oh I, I was trying. To, I actually really like Sam's Pleasantville look. I'll go to bat for that. I think that's a fun, that's a fun <laughs> aesthetic with the glasses and everything. Um, I really don't like the uh, tech bro Sam uh, from episode three hundred. We get that glimpse of alternate <laughs> alternate universe productivity. It isn't good. Yeah, TED Talk Sam. Okay, and the last question is what do you guys think happens to Darth Kaya? She works Burger King. Garth, is he still in the trunk? <laughs> yes, he's still in the trunk. Heaven, after Jack made some new angels, they're all freaked out. Yeah, yeah. Because it, they, they had to watch it happen. Um, and he took his pants off and they 
explicitly told Jack, do not pants take your, don't need to come do off. Do not take your pants off. They said that specifically. And he took them off anyway. And he looked so happy about it, you know, and that was the worst part. Um, yes, that's it. <laughs> Can't wait for the season 15 theme song. No pressure. Bye. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Chrissy, for writing in. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I just want to bring up Darth Kai again because uh, her working at a Burger King is just super sad. Like, that's got to be the worst way to go out on Supernatural. Like, yeah, I came here from a different universe. I've been haunted by all of monster visions my entire life. And the, now you got to work in the service industry and nobody's nice <laughs> and to the you. And the guy in the drive-thru is know. just like, can you fucking give me my Whopper already? I need my Impossible Whopper. They don't pay you enough, <laughs> you know. I like the idea that it would recontextualize her life. Like, she might go back and think, this isn't so bad. I, I'm kind of doing my survival thing. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, um, oh, this is Katie. This is Katie. Everyone's friend, Katie. Um, okay. Hello, boys. I'm writing to formally petition on behalf of the Monster of the Week Discord that you post season 15 once every two weeks so that we drag this out a little longer. I'm still grieving the loss of Supernatural. I'm not ready to lose my two other hunks. Also, as the official Monster of the Week archivist, it would move some deadlines for me and my hive of Excel nerds. Shout out to my Excel nerds. Just for your consideration. As for season 14, I think Supernatural did the most genius slash ridiculous thing ever conceived by a television show, by making Chuck the bad guy and the writer of the universe. That means they've retconned every shitty little thing they've done to Chuck, known piece of crap Shirley, being bad at writing. You hated bugs? Well, buckaroo, that was all part of the plan. Chuck wrote that. A racist truck and nipple play. Damn, Chuck, you were on one that day. <laughs> Remember when Chuck killed Charlie in a bathtub? Isn't he an asshole? What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall of whatever coke tape meeting produced this storyline. Were they sitting amongst piles of irate fan mail and looking at their con schedule where they'd be questioned about the decision to make Lucifer possess the president and knock up a staffer and decided to shunt the blame once and for all? Anyway, if it isn't immensely clear, I enjoy the hell out of your show, the community you created, your support, and your friendship. You all are the real hunks. And then, <clears throat> if Amory's still there, tongue, he's the best bean and also hunk, a hunky bean. Love, Katie. Ooh, hunky thank you, bean. Katie. Got it. Got it. Thank, thank you, Katie. Thank, thank you. you very much, thank Katie. You. Cherished um, friend. Katie, Katie is obviously our vocalist for the Careless Hunters theme song, so we, we very much appreciate her and her opinions i like this idea that they the writers did this just to blame chuck like so that they wouldn't be able to have to blame themselves yeah. right it's very funny to me for some reason yes you would think that was funny jeremy wow wow <laughs> rude um don't worry guys the we're, bullying i was promised we're uh we're almost Oh God, we're not even close to being finished. We're not even close to being finished. <laughs> we have so much feedback. Thank you so much for writing all of this in. We, we we appreciate it. It's just a lot. Uh, Claire at Clairebo underscore writes in and says, Hope I'm not too late. I've spent the last two weeks catching up on the pod because I let season 14 get away from me. This is a question for what's to come in season 15. If you could have your perfect ending to Supernatural, how would you have the boys and their support system end up? What would you be happy with? I'm really excited and nervous for y'all to watch the final season, and I can't wait to see what you guys will do with the podcast after the show has ended. The podcast has helped me a ton mentally over the past two years, and I'll be happy to follow you guys to whatever you look at next. As always, I love what you do, and thank you for being you. Also, congratulations to Chris on your engagement. Red Heart, because I copied, <laughs> copied this from this from Twitter. Uh, thank you. Some real thinking, thank face, emo- thinking face emoji uh, yeah. energy on that. Um, 
my uh, I tried to think about what my ideal ending would be, and a long time ago I decided that I just and and I I'm fairly certain this is not correct. I wanted the the brothers to just go out in a blaze of glory together, and um, you know they sacrifice themselves and and hell is deleted or all the monsters disappear and the world is rebalanced and everyone just gets to go back being normal. Um, that would that's that was how I always wanted it to end. Spare. I um I. I would either want them to, I feel like them both dying to sacrifice like for a safer world is rough. So like I would, I would almost like to see them just be able to put it down, like to spend the next, like spend their forties and fifties creating a system that can help out people with supernatural issues and problems. And not that it has to be uh, Sam and Dean doing everything. So like they actually create like the, the American men of letters or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they create it and just what Sam was doing at the beginning of the season, like they, they create that system and it works and they are able to retire and like maybe every once in a while they call Sam up and it's like, what did you do to the Wi-Fi password? And he's like, I'm just kidding. I, this is a joke, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want them to have like maybe some peace and like, I don't know, maybe Dean gets involved in a, in a case because he's, you know, out fishing with his buddies and they're all 70 or something. And he has to break out the shotgun and his buddies are freaked. I don't know, but like just some peace in their life. And like the idea sure, 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 that sure, the sure. monsters are still there, but you know, they, they have a system to take care of it. It's not relying like Claire's on the job. Claire, the wayward sisters are doing it. Yeah, this is a weird question for you, Amory, because you actually know how everything is. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I may abstain, but okay. you've introduced the idea of like crotchety old bastard Dean Winchester Absolutely. being like a grumpy old man, yeah. walking slowly but still like destroying monsters left and right, and that's all I want. So. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the best um, right there. Uh, that is the best. That is the best. Thank you, Claire. Uh, this next one comes from Lay. Uh, Hi, this will probably be rambly, so feel free to edit. No, no way. I watched the first five seasons of Supernatural when they came out, or close to it. I drifted off mid-season seven, but tried to do a rewatch in grad school to catch up. I only made it to mid-season eight that time. I kept putting off another rewatch attempt until COVID hit. At that point, I needed something to fill my days. Uh, And I was stuck inside, and I thought no better time to do it, uh, to do a full rewatch in time to catch up before the final half of season 15 aired in the fall. I binged the whole thing and then found your podcast. I immediately loved it, and I hopped around the episodes listening to what you thought of my favorite episodes. Fast forward to March, and my father passed away. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, I needed something to keep me distracted on my commute to from work, so I turned on Monster or turned to Mo- Monster of the Week and listened to every episode from the start, outtakes and all, and I'm just now reaching the Book of the Damned arc in season 10. Uh, and I still listen every Monday to your new ones. I just want to say thank you so much for providing an opportunity for me to not focus on my life and stress and just enjoy Supernatural again through your guys' eyes. Uh, you guys are always entertaining, make me literally laugh out loud every episode, and make me really reflect on the episodes and consider perspectives or themes I didn't pick up on myself. I've also learned more about gaming than I ever thought I would. <laughs> I've really enjoyed listening to your thoughts on Season 14, and I cannot wait to hear what you think about Season 15. I'm sad it'll be coming to an end soon, but I hope you'll continue to cast together. Anyway, I hope you have a great day, and I hope this made it in time for the feedback episode. Thank you again. Um, Lay. P.S. I just listened to the Worcester episode. Okay. I just listened to the Worcester episode from season 10, and Chris's accent made me die laughing. Ma. So good. So true. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Man, that's thank on you, tap. Thank you very much. You're just ready for that. Yeah, yeah. He just, I mean, did I'm you see him turn incredible. that on like it was NBD? I mean, just crazy. It's not, it's just, it's so close to just like becoming my reality. I used to make fun of, uh, my sister has like a way stronger Boston accent than me. I'm like, we grew up in the same fucking house. 
Why do you sound <laughs> like that? And as I get older, sometimes I just feel like it's slipping out. It's just, you know, I hear it all around me. That's what people talk like. Um, it, it, there's nothing I can do about it anymore. Uh. I, I, I want you it's to sweet. if if people are going to write in for season fifteen, and I don't even know if we're going to have a feedback episode of season fifteen because I think it might be four hours long. Um, be sure to include which accent you want Chris to read the the thing. Oh in. yeah, sure. sure so sure, just sure. make sure and like I would if you say Boston accent, I will attempt one. And we all know that's not going to go bad. Mm-hmm. Go badly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. Thank you for writing it. Yes. Okay. Uh, B writes. Hello, I hope this is still in time for the Season 14 episode, but after over 300 episodes, Season 14 is when Supernatural lost me. This season makes the issues with the show more evident. I've never seen a show you can spot the different writers as easy as Supernatural, their ideas and their opinions on different characters. Uh, Also, what is the explanation for Mark Pellegrino's Lucifer still existing? I feel like the late seasons completely ruined his character for me. Anyway, thanks for the... Thanks for the podcast. It is really funny. Excited to see what you'll do next. B from Brazil. P.S. This is not a spoiler, but it's fun to note that the director said that all the pool stunts in 1511 <laughs> are real. Jensen Ackles is amazing. Okay. So I got some all clarification right. on that because uh, I was talking to Katie today um, and I, I mentioned this comment. and I was like, yeah, somebody said that like all of the swimming stunts are, are real. And Katie was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what swimming is this in season 15? And I was like, I don't know. I'll get to it. I'm editing. I'll get to it until I finally got to this, which is towards the end. And I, I sent it to her. And she was like, oh, they be, it's a pool table. Like, he does pool tricks. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes more sense. I was picturing doing, like, cannonballs in the pool or, like, belly flops or something. I, I was expecting a whole swimming episode. And I was like, how have I not seen uh, this on the internet before? The internet must have gone crazy. Imagine... Uh, Sam or Dean getting getting wet in an episode that doesn't happen anymore. They don't go in water. <laughs> there's a there's a bathing suit store here that we always see uh, signs for, and it's very creepy and it's annoying because um, it's got like a little girl. I don't know how old she is, like less than ten probably, in a bathing suit, and then next to it, and like the font is like I guess like the Splatoon font from Nintendo if you can if you can kind of picture what I'm talking the the kind of vibe and it's called the get wet shop and there's just something there's just something very unwholesome about like that just the confluence of that girl and then the get wet shop but I don't but now I want you to Photoshop. I think that should be the season 15 art theme. I should take pictures of bad billboards in Louisiana and you should Photoshop (laughs) it into them. Imagine the whiplash after this season's art. I know, I know. I've seen, I've seen a preview of what it could be, and I'm, I'm extremely excited for everybody to see it. So, um, very cool. stoked. Uh, up next yeah. is uh, Clarice. Uh, hey, Hunks, just wanted to say thank you for staying on schedule. <laughs> we get very little people, very few people that actually appreciate that. So, thank you very <laughs> you much. You know what? Yeah, thank you because we everything, all the bullshit that we've gone through, the highs and the lows, we've never missed a goddamn week. Never missed a week of super. We may have been like late on the early feed. We have been there every Thursday since I think January of 2018 or something. Like that's fucking crazy. It might be earlier than that. 2017. It, it, I could, don't it know could be December 2017. Uh, but yeah, we have been there every Thursday for you. So we appreciate you saying that that's nice also i might delay the season 15 premiere by a week because of some problems but we'll see we'll see what happens (laughs) (laughs) haven't even talked to chris about that but we'll talk about it later uh just want to say thank you for staying on schedule and always being a constant joy in my life my brain is a bit frazzled with irl stuff at the moment so i don't have any interesting supernatural questions for you what i do want to know is when you finish season 15 what are your plans for monster of the week is it buffy please 
Uh, P.S. I drive past this pub on the regular, and it has a sign out the front that says "Perky Blenders." It always reminds me of Chris. Mm. It makes me think. It makes me smile to think how annoyed it would make him if he had to drive past it Yo, every day. How <laughs> how manly are you on a scale of Perky Blenders to Peaky Blinders? I am. I <laughs> tough manly scale. I'm a. I would say that I am. A, I can't think of a BL word. I'm pointy blutters. How about that? Does that work? I don't know what I am. Yeah, pointy blutters. That's pretty. Pointy good. blutters um, is pretty high up there, I think, for man. But I'm not. I'm no. I'm not engaging with Peaky Blinders any further. Okay. Uh, the the answer to what we're gonna do for after. Um, I'm so, like I want to announce it, but I don't. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and announce it right now and just say that it's okay, it, is, it, it is going to be. And I'm going to put like a really long bleep right there so that people think that they actually <laughs> heard it. So it'll be really annoying to everybody. I thought you were really going to say. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Look alive, Clive. Look alive, oh, Clive. The Clive Barker alive, podcast. Clive. Um, Chris, you're up. What's up? Me? <laughs> this guy? Uh, this uh, this is from <laughs> Tess, etc. Uh, via Tumblr. I have been re-watching and listening along since May, and you guys have become part of my routine now. A lot of the time, the podcast is better than the show. Okay, let's all right. Flatter. Bring, uh, take that down a notch, all right? <laughs> You're going to need to take about 20% off our tests. <laughs> um, but don't. Um, and the Discord is very fun and welcoming. I haven't quite caught up yet, but I, I hope this is in time for the Season 14 feedback. <laughs> You're in luck, it is. I want to ask up to this point, what's been the most gratifying character arc and the most disappointing? Thanks for the great summer, Tess. Um, let's see. Most gratifying character arc, um, Mary. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think um, from not necessarily from like season one and seeing her as the poltergeist spirit in that in that early season, but I think that uh, from when we get to see just a little bit of her in heaven uh, and get to see like the alternate like way that Dean views that relationship between her and John from that's different from what Sam's view of it is. And then her coming back in season 12 and the development of her as a character up until she dies in season 14 is really, really interesting. Like her coming back to earth and having to deal with being a person again. I've talked about it many times of like, Oh, now I'm in, I was in heaven where everything is perfect. And now I have to go to the bathroom on earth again. Like if I have to go to the, like I have to stop at a gas station and go to the bathroom. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, but her dealing with that, trying to deal emotionally with her kids um, is, I mean, it was all really super interesting. I, again, I, I don't necessarily like like the way that she went out. So gratifying may be a weird word, but I think that like overall, that is a very satisfying arc of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, a broken record, but Sam's arc in the first five seasons of you know going dark side and then having to pull back from that and all that stuff was forever be my favorite. Um, I don't know. Chief Sam was kind of was kind of a letdown, but I, I'll say Crowley because Crowley, I, I mm -hmm. really liked Crowley's arc. And it just, it feels like he was just kind of gone. You know what I mean? Like, he just disappeared, right? As he, he, he had gone through so much. He had almost become human through the God trials. Like, all these things had happened with Crowley. And then he just disappeared. There's not a, there's not a whiff of him anymore. Um, and they kind of butchered him when with all the Lucifer stuff. Like, why is he, why did he bring back Lucifer? Why did he bring back Lucifer's vessel and then bind him to it so he could torture him? It just, it, it made him feel small again, um, where he had become something so much bigger than the, you know, the wily salesman that he started out as. Um, so I, I do feel, I love Crowley. I love Crowley. And I feel like I'm let down by him because of the last couple of things they did with him. And then he was just gone. Sure. I can feel that. Yeah. Um, man, other than Crowley, which I think is like probably the categorically correct answer. Um, 
and like definitely some recency bias, but probably I was most excited and then most disappointed by Nick. That really did give me season five flavor. I thought the show was mm-hmm. like remembering it was 15 years old or 14 years old and we were going to get some like some like nostalgia, some, you know, some of that season five flavor. And that sure. that turns out the worst arc. So that was <laughs> a huge disappointment. Um, uh, well, this worked out really well because Amory, you're reading the last one. Thank you, Tess, for writing in, and we'll, we'll we're gonna Thank finish you. it out with this one. Hey, okay, uh, from Suzanne, not Susan. Ooh. Okay, anti-Susan agenda has creeped into the podcast. <laughs> Get it wrong again. Um, hey, Chris and Jeremy, don't know if I'm getting this in time for the season fourteen ending, but I just wanted to write in and say thank you. I stumbled onto your podcast December 2020, just in time to get COVID. Ventilate the Discord or something? What is happening? Um, (laughs) Like you, Chris, one family member got us all, and I was pretty mad. But your podcast was awesome and made the time pass. I'm able to listen at work, too, so I've made my way through the whole show twice now and still laugh. Oh, my God. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, I would have thought that this is crazy, but I have found myself, especially in the last year or so, re-listening to things I've listened to before because it's... It's just comfortable. Yeah, you get absolutely. used to the sound of people's voices, mm-hmm. um, and just you kind of just roll with it. It's just it's easy. We've been rewatching uh, Daredevil on Netflix just because it's just easy to put on the background. It's something that's interesting mm-hmm. and good, but also like I don't have to pay a lot of attention to it, and we can look at our phones at the same time. So like you just you yeah. get you get like <laughs> that like oh I I can look up and pay attention to something, and it's great, and then I can also not pay attention to something, and I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Okay, anyway, now that I gushed, I wanted to say something that occurred to me listening to your finale episode today. I expected Jack to go dark side, like you guys did, but instead he kneels down and tells Dean to kill him. All I could think was Jack Jack becoming the big bad was what Chuck would have written. Not surprising, full of metaphor, blah blah blah. But since Chuck included free will in the package, he couldn't make Jack become the villain any more than he could make Dean kill him. And real life is usually full of unexpected things, chaos theory and whatnot. So, yep, yeah, a little thought for you guys. I hope you're doing well, Suzanne. P.S. As a married 33 year old mom of three, I always laugh at the nut blood jokes. Got him. <laughs> Fucking got him. <'em>. <laughs> Another nut one blood coming fan. up for you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that this is, uh, I think, I, I think we talked about this earlier, but like Jack not going full dark side it was super interesting to me and one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. of the finale of it just you know hitting it's almost like a good parallel with the end of season 11 where there was an unexpected resolution to things yeah. also involving chuck um where you expect it to go one way and it goes a completely different way that pesky free will oh uh, damn damn that free will um any any last thoughts I think we've said it all. I think we've said it all. We don't need to talk about Supernatural ever again, says uh, Chris Mosher, I think is the, <laughs> the the conclusion here. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will be um, on every podcast for season 15. However, I will not have a speaking role. Oh, okay, cool. So. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So just to, just to confirm, I'm talking into a microphone and you're listening, but you're not responding mm. or, or doing anything. I'll do a lot of that. I'll do a lot of what I always do. I'll go, mm, Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, laugh at, I'll laugh at your jokes. I'll laugh at your jokes, but I will, uh, I will not have a speaking That's role. That's more than you do now. <laughs> 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 ah! 
I can't tell if that's a self own or. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't. It's, it's a, it can go a lot of different directions. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the, what has got to be almost a three hour podcast at this point. Uh, we love you. Thank you for for holding there with us, Amory. Thank you very much for guesting and for hanging in there with us, Amory. You sweet angel. It, thank it you is for sticking so out incredibly for late where, where you are, and thank you so much once again. Just to remind everybody, you do not wish to be perceived. That is correct. Yes, you. My opinions are paywall exclusive. You have to be on the Discord. <laughs> that is it. Perfect. Um, that is the only way. I love it. <laughs> we gotta we gotta add Amory to the Patreon perks. <laughs> <laughs> Gets to talk to Amory in the Discord. <laughs> Uh, perfect i love it uh we're not going to spend a lot of time you guys know what to do for the patreon and for reviews and merch shop and all that other stuff we will be back next week uh hopefully with a season 15 premiere a, Jeremy. a new song uh i'm just I'm just worried chris we're getting down to the wire here and i'm about to go, we'll on, be I'm about okay. to go on vacation oh yeah me too hey me too see we're both checking out of here right at, a, at an important time in monster of the week history we're about to debut the oh. season 15 theme uh, i'll uh. handle it I've got it. Okay, cool. We got everybody. Don't thank worry you, about thank anybody. You, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back uh, soon with season 15. Bye. Bye. Swim you later. that ac pumping but i'm gonna turn it off no one's here yet i'm just talking to myself I'm not even on the call I'm just having fun with it you know what i mean i'm worried about the leaning tower of um manga that i'm using to hold up my microphone but i'm a podcaster um you know i'm, I'm used to adversity i'm used to overcoming and um that's what this is <clears throat> doc make is that Leon in the chat? Uh, Leon Scott Kennedy, yeah. Leon Scott, Leon S. Kennedy, as he's known with his, to his friends? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Hey. Emery. Hello. <clears throat> hey, how's it going? What's up? You ready to get bullied for three hours? <laughs> I've been excited all day. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get bullied because my fear is, like, so evident in my whole personality. Mm. Um, takes the fun out of it. I won't bully you. I was just kidding. I'm sorry to start off so aggressively. <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> peel the bandaid off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Chris does this with every feedback episode. He just comes in the chat and starts yelling at our guest. And I don't know why. I don't know what happens. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to act around other people. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I've, I've, I've invited it with my, with my like, soft-spoken target personality. Well, you cu- you kicked your cat out, so you can't be that soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that takes you got a little bit of ice burning through those veins. Casper's on the other side of that door, going with your what personality, motherfucker? It <laughs> <laughs> was kind of it was kind of cold, but he demands attention like nobody else. Mm, so. mm. Well, welcome to My the cat show. Tried to... Hello, it's hey. nice to it's nice to meet you. Yeah, so this. Uh this stage in my long part plan to get on Katie's podcast begins now. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris, before I forget this, because I forgot it for the last two weeks, Katie wants us Stop. to like record a thing with her. Um, oh, hell yeah. Where she wants to read some of our fan fiction. 
Um, oh, okay. And and then have us on on the mic to do that. So if you're down for doing that, we just need to arrange a time. I just keep I have literally forgotten to do it like every single time she's mentioned it. So, um, yeah, no, no way in hell, man. Am okay, I doing cool. That. That's what I needed um, to know. No, no, I'll yeah, tell Katie right sounds, now. Uh, Sorry. That sounds that sounds great. <laughs> She'll probably hear it before I actually remember to talk to her about it, because this will come yeah. out pretty quickly. So Okay, well, that sounds great. I'm down. Sign me up. Okay, perfect. Did I get an invitation, or uh, did you say us? Uh, I, I, all I'll say is that your name came up, and uh, I'll let Katie deal with the rest. I could do a Crayley. do a convincing Mark Shepard. Yeah. I bet you could. Absolutely. Can you give us a hello, boys? Hello, boys. That's pretty oh, there good. We go. That was That's a pretty bit. good. It's I'll work good. on it. Yeah, yeah, it's I've good. Got time. I'll, I'll just watch it. I'll watch I, him. I feel <laughs> like that was a that was a Battlestar era uh, Crowley as opposed to a Supernatural era oh, Crowley. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. He was a little younger in that in that impression that she mm-hmm. just did. Little you little see, fresh faced. Exactly. You ever seen yeah. him on um? You seen him on X Files? He's in like episode five or something. I know. Like that. It's so early. <laughs> yeah, he plays like I he plays a guy who starts fires. I think. <laughs> Yeah, he's smoking in every scene of that episode, and I'm like, I feel how that turns out. Yeah, don't do yeah. that. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good for anybody. That's how you get down to that like growly, hello boys. <laughs> that's, that's how he sounds like that now. Just smoking on the X Files. It was that one episode. Yeah, he, he never smoked since, but <laughs> <laughs> but shooting went on for so long. They recorded over. It, it was like that. I can't remember the name of that movie, but the movie that they filmed over like ten years or whatever. <laughs> so the so they mm-hmm. realistically show the young kid aging or whatever. The one about the boy. Was it just called the boy? Is that it? <laughs> I think it. I think it might have been. Oh my god! I didn't realize that they made a movie out of Kratos already. So. <clears throat> oh goodness. Boy. Um. So, the 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 feedback sheet is that on um. Oh, you need Google that. Drive. You need it's on Google Drive. It's in the it's on the thing. If you need me to send you a link, I can. Because it's not showing up on my phone. Because I can't see my computer screen. As you know, that's stacked on my fallen Naruto manga. Um, <laughs> so it's out of view. <laughs> well, I can't I can't see it, but it's 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 far away. I can't read those little words. I can barely read it as it is. As you're going to find out, you know, later this episode yet again. Fallen okay, Naruto uh, manga is the name of my. I know you're. Tape. I know you're saying it wrong on purpose, and I'm not going to rise to that. Point, <laughs> I, okay? I specifically tried to say it right, Naruto, right? And that th- Naruto. Okay, all right. That, that was pretty close. Naru- now you now you've made me all self conscious about <laughs> it. Now I can't do it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, Emery, anyway. do you have a link to the feedback as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I'll open it on my phone. I don't want to touch my computer. Have you watched all of? the uh dvd commentary for this episode remember we used to do that we used to like watch the special features on like the dvds yeah. and be like that's good content to talk about no we don't need to it absolutely do behind is. the scenes <laughs> absolutely behind the scenes. That's, nobody wants that <laughs> nobody cares uh nobody cares I've never at all watched a commentary i just i've never thought like this would be better with someone talking over the episode I don't think I don't think other except for when Jeremy and I do it. I don't think it's uh, necessary. To be supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it adds anything unless I'm doing it. Unless it's my voice. Yeah, unless it's me and I'm doing a good bit and everybody's having fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there is one that Jared and Jensen do. I really don't. I think they just talk about like exactly what's happening in the scene. So <laughs> you're good if you're watching Supernatural. It's just as good. I've only ever heard about the uh, Resident Evil one where the director and his, I guess it's his wife that stars as mm. the, is it mm-hmm. Resident Evil? Yeah. Yeah. 
and and like they're just like so increasingly horny for each other on the commentary oh, no. that it like it just makes everybody quit out. Like it's just so. I see. Yeah, they're just really into each other <laughs> during I the commentary. So, I mean, good for them, but that doesn't seem like it's something I want to hear I while watching Resident Evil Apocalypse DVD commentary. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe the movie is that boring. I don't. I don't know. I've never seen it. Mm. Actually, I probably seen almost, have seen that. I've seen almost every one of those movies in theaters. I d- <laughs> Paid a ticket price. You said that. You say that like it's a brag, Chris. It is, yeah. It is. No, it's it's just. Um, I just feel like that's a rare. Like I'm one of the rare few. You know, I'm like I'm a special type of. You know, person. I have that. I have that same brag, but with Highlander movies. I've seen a maj- see. any Highlander movie that has been um, released theatrically since I've been of age to go to the theater. I've seen in the theater. Rarest male type is actually um, <laughs> it's guys who've seen every Highlander. Film. Guys who've seen every uh, Dark Souls guy who's seen every Highlander film in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. oh. Trust me, a lot of single seats in that yeah. theater. Not a lot of oh, A lot of room to stretch your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys sitting one seat apart from each other in that movie theater for some reason. <laughs> Did y'all's friends ever do that? Did you ever go to the movie theaters yes. with your friends and then like you would sit down and they would seat one seat apart from you? Like we were too I, yeah. close to be like, it, like a seat, sitting next to each other was a little too much for some reason. I ne- I've never understood that in my life. It. I remember like reaching a certain age where that started happening. It was like, oh, me and my buddy, we're going to go see, you know, Harry Potter 4. This will be fun. Our mom dropped us off out front. Let's get our popcorn. We guess like a $20 bill is playing the arcade first. This will be fun. Uh, and then, you know, you hit a certain age and suddenly I'm like, wait, homie, why are you all the way over there? What's going on? I don't like how am I supposed to lean over and crack wise to you if you're a seat over? Like yeah. something just happened. Yeah, now I've like got to yell across the movie theater, and now I'm that guy. Um, I just would like to say that my best friend Steve never did that to me. So. Oh, go for go, go, Steve. That definitely no. sounds like a Joe move, though. I would say that's such a Joe move. <laughs> I, can, I cannot confirm or deny. I don't remember the last time we went to the movies. <laughs> Amory, did that ever happen to you? No, we we always stay within like little kiss on the lips distance. Oh wow! <laughs> Our theaters are smaller. I think I, I used to sit next to strangers all the time, which is absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers to me now that you'd like go to the theater and there's just a stranger there, and you're like, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, hello, gonna, hello, I'm gonna sit in your lap, basically. I'm gonna sit as close to you as I am to my family and friend. Yes. I was now saying, we have all the, like, I was the saying, huge reclining seats. So it's like a whole, you're not even, yeah. like me and Jess went to see whatever the hell we saw last time. Um, and I was like, we are sitting next to each other. We chose to sit next to each other, but I can't even reach her. I can't even see her. <laughs> it's like watching movies with her at home where she's across <laughs> yeah, the room from exactly. you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I went to watch uh, Endgame, uh, at the at the big moment of that movie, which I am for some reason d- d- still don't want to spoil to this day, just in case people out there haven't watched the movie Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Um, movie theater was packed, and we were fairly up close to the screen because we got there late. And in this big, huge climatic moment, like everybody is like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" And I hear from my left hand side just like a like a squeaky, like yeah. Like and I look over and it's just this thirteen year old dude losing his fucking mind. <laughs> like he is the he is the most excited I've ever seen a dude about a about a movie in my life. And I'm just like, man, I uh, I absolutely feel you. This is the best time of my life too. Don't worry, it's been building up yeah, for a while now. Yeah. We had an experience. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was not a kids movie. Uh, and the person in front of us was being so fucking loud and noisy, making a ton of noise with their drinks and their food, and just talking to their friend. It was a whole thing. So my friend leans forward and he was like, "Yo, can you shut the fuck up, man?" And then. 
the person turns around and we realize it's like a 10 year old kid and my friend oh. felt so fucking bad he was like i don't even know what to do he just literally gave this kid money he was like i'm sorry go buy yourself more candy or something <laughs> we thought it was like a grown man just being disrespectful he was like oh no i just told a little boy to shut the fuck up <laughs> one of the Is first like catholic background like Oh, I've sent mm, tape money. Mm, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. 100% that. <laughs> uh, one of the first times I went to the movie with my dad, we went to see um, Stargate in the movie theater. And uh, that was the first time that I realized that my dad, because I didn't grow up living with my father, so I'd never really been exposed to him. Like, we saw each other on holidays, kind of. Like, we were basically, like, mm-hmm. cousins for the first 16 years of my life. <laughs> sure, um, sure. And then, like, so we, we were at the movie theater, and kid behind us or dude behind us make a noise or whatever. And like dad had done like the, the look back, like the pointed look back a couple of times. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of divorce. So like I'm getting increasingly nervous that like bad things are going to have are going to happen. And I need to mediate something because he's doing the pointed look back once, twice, a third time. And then he just turns around and says, hey, shut the fuck up. Like at that volume, and, like in a, in a relatively quiet movie theater, like the kid was oh, making no. noise and I was terrified. I, had, I All I wanted to do in the world was curl up into a ball and just disappear out of this movie theater i was so embarrassed that i could not i could barely even look at the screen anymore i was just i was frozen with it so thanks for the memories dad yeah (laughs) that was super exciting (laughs) super exciting stuff i yeah and nowadays i have to really stop myself because like if people talk in the movie theaters it will absolutely ruin my experience i don't yell at anyway um, so we're old and i think that what we're saying is that we um we've become We've become very old. We've all, we've all become our fathers, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, oh God. I hope this is big enough that some guy hears this and is like, I remember that piece of shit that yelled at me for being 10 years old and watching a movie. Yeah. You never right. know. You never know. Stranger things have happened, absolutely. Uh, Are we ready to uh, talk about... Do, do you want to get right into it? Do you want to get right into so. it? Okay. You I know, forgot to. Up. I forgot to even think about season fourteen today because I was dealing with all of the feedback, so I didn't even think about my own opinions. So this will be interesting. I um, also have not thought about my own opinions, and I think that that's good for cool. everybody. Super it's cool. Just off the cuff. Yeah. Um, no, no thoughts. Just <laughs> no deep thoughts. No, no planning ahead. No nothing. Yeah, yeah. We're just I gonna get into my it. notes. But... I, I tried to make notes while I was watching season 14, hoping some, like, cohesive theme would appear. <laughs> but they're mm-hmm. all so reactionary that I no longer have any context for what any of them mean. Like, one of, the, one of them says, <laughs> Sam's face is like a dolphin's belly. And <laughs> I'm so lost that, as to what that meant. That, what like, does a the dolphin's whole thing... belly look like? Well, that's, that's what this episode will seek to uncover, is the root of that yeah. poetic statement. So, I have no, I have no idea what I think about season fourteen. Checking my notes because they're all just like that. Well, um, having record recorded twenty podcast episodes about yeah, it, I can yeah. I can say I also have no idea how I feel about season fourteen. So. <laughs> Solid twenty hours of material on record about Supernatural record. season fourteen, and no actual thoughts whatsoever. And you yeah. know what? This for some reason this season in particular, I think I listened to like every episode. I went through a phase where, you know, when we first started, I'd listen to the episodes back just to make sure I don't sound too ridiculous or anything. And then I stopped for a while and I've come back to it. I don't know why. Just just like sitting there reliving a fun conversation I had while I'm at work, I guess. That is, I, I don't listen to them at all. So I stopped listening yeah. to them a long time ago. You know. uh, but yeah, we can go ahead and get started. Uh, Amory, um, do you have any questions about how any of this works? Uh, we any anything that you need you want to go over or that you want to ask us before we start the, the quote unquote real episode? 
Um, not tremendously. I've hit the show. I'm I'm playing. I, I thought mm. I'd be nervous, but I, I don't. Uh, mm. Too tired to be nervous. These days. Good. I'm good. Right. And I'm well, good. the bullying hasn't started yet. <laughs> yeah. So buckle up, partner. <laughs> yeah. Chris is about yeah. to put you in the movie theater of your nightmares, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> It's my it's my comfort zone. But, you know, you don't get away with talking like this in Newport and uh, not get quite accustomed to it. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, we're gonna so to start. I'll do the I'm Jeremy. Chris will do the I'm Chris, and then you can chime in with I'm Amory. Um, we'll do like our general thoughts and feelings on season fourteen, and then I'll uh, when we kind of wrap that up, we'll call for a break. And then uh, we'll come back and start reading feedback. Like I told you the other day, you're more than welcome to hang out for feedback. But also, uh, I just did all of the um, com- combining, and you can see that page that that document is 17 pages long now. So mm. if you uh, if you don't want to hang out for all of the feedback, that's fine. <laughs> I completely understand <laughs> because uh, I mean I don't expect us to go more than like an hour and a half or so like we usually start going through the feedback pretty quick once we get to the end of it because we get so we'll get tired. stalled like once or twice and then suddenly we're like holy shit yeah 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 now <laughs> we gotta go we, we gotta go and uh this is this is coming from the guys who used to do like three hour podcasts on season one so i don't know. have that kind of stamina anymore chris i'm uh who were we i was 25 jeremy i was 25 years old who Who's that age? Not me. Dude, you were single, basically. I mean, you were... Basically, Jess Jess and I were like six months into our relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. And now she just makes fun of me all the time. Healthy. She... She said, um, she was like, you know, I haven't listened to an episode in a little while, but uh, are you still doing a voice? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> when you get on a podcast, you're always doing a voice, like like talking like like you have a deeper voice. I'm like, I am absolutely not doing that. I probably am. But you you wouldn't know because you don't know what I sound like in real life. That's true. I've, I've, I, what I, I think I sound the same. I mean, is it like a is it like a customer service voice? Like when Autumn when I'm in the same room as Autumn talking to her customers, I have to like I just have to flee because her voice sounds like she's just so incredibly accommodating and nice mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. like it's definitely a voice. And so like, are you just doing that to me? Like, am I your customer? Is that what's happening? Maybe no. I I personally think that I, I in, if anything, I feel like I'm more friendly, more vivacious when I'm on the oh, microphone because okay. in real life I'm just like, mm-hmm, yeah, all right, sounds good. See you later. Um, like I don't. I don't emote. I don't have <laughs> any any life to me until I get on the microphone. Um, what are we talking about? Can we start the podcast? Well, a couple of minutes ago, uh, Amory made that crazy statement about um, Sam's face being like a dolphin's belly. So I Googled sure, dolphin's sure. belly, which led me to a book uh, that's that's just titled Do Whales Have Belly Buttons? Do you have to have um, incognito mode on for that? <laughs> so I just want you guys to know that there's, you know, there's been some thoughts <laughs> on Good. the subject. Good. Good. What kind of page count are we looking at here? You uh, think one. I mean, yeah, one, you would think I, yeah. yes or no. Is that right? You'd be lucky. <laughs> Double spaced, maybe two pages. But. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Of, it's apparently a lot of questions about whales and dolphins with okay. just a funny okay. title. So. All right. I'd read that. I'm in a bit of a weird place. I just started reading a great and secret show, but Ooh. weird Ooh. time with it. Ooh. So. It's a it's a strange book, right? Like I it's it's weird that that book came out in nineteen eighty nine and I I like I'm I'm rereading it right now. I'm uh probably a third of the way through and I just I think I had kind of forgotten about all of the Jaff and Fletcher stuff at the beginning. Like it's just it's like a, like I remembered the the dead letters thing because I I think that's like one of the most one of the coolest parts of the book overall, but like I'd for, kind of forgotten about the all the weird Fletcher stuff. So I don't know, it's weird. Are you enjoying it? Do you like it? 
I I like it. I'm I'm unfortunately coming off a book I truly loved, so I'm, I'm comparing it uh, unfavorably. But it is it is weirdly gripping. Like it's something in, entirely unpredictable. Like hey, there's an ape. It's a person now. Love yeah. that. So <laughs> kind of down for the the like chaos of it. But. And then without spoiling it, um, the second book is called Everville, um, and it takes place in like. Um, we're going to build a town days like the 1800s, <laughs> but it's a sequel oh. to, to this thing, which is bizarre. So like, yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride. Clive Barker is always super interesting when he tries to go big. Um, but yes, Chris, to answer your question, we can start the podcast if you're ready. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Is everybody recording? I am. Yeah. <clears throat> like yeah, it or episode not. Episode one, look alive, Clive, breaking down the works of... Look alive, Clive. I'm saving that. I might steal that that's, from you. That's our next podcast. <laughs> that's it. We've done it. Everybody, we have several people in the feedback asking what we're going to do next. And uh, hey, everybody, it's Clive Barker. Books. It's Clive Barker. No, we interview Get guys ready. named Clive. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, much and different. Direction. Every week, new Clive. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. I'm just googling to see if that URL is taken at all. Uh, the Bee Gees walk out on Clive Anderson. Who is Clive Anderson? Anyway, we gotta we gotta do this work. I'm sorry. I'm good. Yeah, I'm down. I'm ready. I am dying of thirst. Chris, it's too late to do that for season 15. We already said that we weren't going to do it. I just did. I just did it right now. I'm gonna get some water. That's good audio. You could have used that. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, are you gonna stick yeah. around? You gonna you gonna call it a night? What time is it where you are? Um, it's quarter past ten. But I'm good. I, I 100% lied to my boss that I was doing something very important tomorrow morning, yes. so I can sleep yes. in. So I'm good. Very good. Very good. I I was prepared with the excuse of like I cannot work late today. I woke up early, did all that stuff, and then you know it doesn't matter. Sometimes you can go in early, clock in an hour before you're supposed to. I do this all the time, and then they're still like, "Ooh, by the way, uh, I need you to stay an extra hour late because a thousand things are happening right now, and apparently they can't be done in the morning." I was I was prepared with a lot of excuses today because I did not want to be late. I never want to make anyone late. I mean, or wait. Um, Jeremy, he's used to waiting on me, but um, you know, I don't want to make a lovely guest have to wait for me. Oh, um, that's right. And all day there was nothing going on with work. There was nobody was sending me any emails. Nobody was asking me any questions. And I'm sitting there looking at my computer all day, just being like, I know an hour before I'm supposed to <laughs> do this podcast, I'm going to get 10,000 things in. But it never came. It never came. I very quickly logged off as soon as we jumped on this call or right before we jumped on this call because um, I was so worried that somebody was going to hit me with a last minute. Like, oh, by the way, Chris, we need you to, to do this huge thing. But nope, nope. I'm tempted. I was going to walk to the post office. Um... And then I'd like, I was like, I won't 100% sprain my ankle or get hit by a bus <laughs> or like have to fight a milkman or something, and I won't be able oh, to no. make it. Is that a problem over there across the pond, fighting milkman? Do you have a lot of rambunctious milkmen? Well, it's a dying breed, isn't it? You know, they're, mm. they're on their way out. <laughs> I guess it depends on how good they're fighting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> how good them hands. <clears throat> Strong All right. bones. All right. Um, you're hanging out with us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, then we are going to get into this. We usually uh, rotate these. I will try to keep up. I didn't mark them ahead of time. Um, so uh, I'll take the first one, and then Chris, and then Amory, you'll have the super long one from Julia, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Are you okay with reading everything? Okay. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm good with reading. <laughs> 
<laughs> Remarkably, I'm not. So I, I realized live on air, hearing Jeremy read my own road so far that I had written, and he did it so well and so beautifully. <laughs> and I and I realized I can't read and I can't speak. You can't. What, what am I doing on a podcast? You can you can speak just fine. Sometimes you scream, and that's always very funny for everybody. So. That's that's my t- that's my secret technique. Ah, um, gotcha. <laughs> yes.